podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. It's Matt. That's Andy. It's Dan. Hang on. Hang on. Let me just... I know you've been leaning into it lately. I did I mean, not I, set you up yeah, properly. I mean, I don't... I really. did not. That was on me. All right. Because well, I have something... Well... I have something cooking look, and you don't want to... I didn't want to... Look, I don't want to <laughs> go into your kitchen and uh, steal some ingredients. Yeah. So, uh, no. welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. And I'm Andy. <laughs> Wow! There you real, go. real hee-haw. I was robbed of that. <laughs> really, really, I almost betrayed our audience by. Uh, You're really gonna have to do some, some, some audio trickery to make that not uh, blow out everyone's speakers. Well, you know, we level it out. It'll, it'll just sound like you uh, walked into an air tunnel. <laughs> sure. Where a jet engine was I being tested. Sound like that. And uh, yeah, so. Um, where are we? We're in we're in uh, episode five of season six. It's uh, schisms, everybody. Schisms, schisms, and uh, I guess I should answer the following question. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? I mean, you don't really have to. Not a lot happens. <laughs> there you go. True enough. True enough, indeed. I really do wish the episode was just about Riker's poor sleeping habits, but we'll save that for later in the show. And it practically was. I mean, for a good three acts, it was. Yeah. Uh, I would argue also uh, the cold open was bananas, but we'll talk more about that the, later. The most, yeah, sure, we're going to get into it. But the one of the one of the most hilarious cold opens ever. And uh, in the meantime. Let's yeah. take a walk down the hall over to the Admiral's Club. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admiral's Club. Matt, how do they get into the Admiral's Club? Well, all you got to do is head over to Apple Podcasts, leave yourself a five-star review. Not yourself. Don't leave, your, leave us a five-star review. You can say whatever you want. As long as it's five stars, you'll be welcome into the Admirals Club, uh, and we'll we may very well read it on the show. Andy, who's the lucky Admirals Club admittee this week? This week, uh, we are welcoming S six three seven nine, who writes uh, the the, uh, the review is entitled "This is a Star Trek podcast," and then in quotes they write "Whatever you want," <laughs> <laughs> which is what you tell them to write. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That is called following directions. You, sir, are going to be a fine, or madam, are going to be a fine Starfleet officer. Um, And another one is from Joel from the North Pole. Oh, how I hope you're actually from the North Pole, Joel. Um, Who writes, enjoyable chaos in the interest of brevity and Matt's sanity. I will simply say this. I absolutely love this podcast. Secunda, Joel. Thank you for the brevity. Much Jill, write us, uh, write us at our email and tell us if you're actually from the North Pole. Uh, I gotta know. think he's just going for rhymes, but go ahead. Uh, that's it oh. for the Admirals Club. Thanks so much. I'm gonna, I gotta do. I don't know where to do this portion of the thing. I'd like to acknowledge the snail mail I received in a package 
Uh, oh. But, uh, you yeah. know, I'm going to save it for the hails. I feel like it's a hail. It's a snail hail. It does sound like a hail. Uh, so. It's a, what are, what are they, what would they send, do, what do they call it when, um, when uh, Susie Plaxon showed up in the, uh, in the torpedo? Was it like a subspace uh, parcel or something like that? She was in a tiny, basically a tiny ship that was warping, but it was only like a little coffin. What are you ta- well, I don't even remember what you're talking about. When, um, I don't remember her, the character's name, when she was the Klingon, not Dr. Salar. Uh-huh. Um, she showed up on the ship oh, in a tiny... Yeah, she was like in a, in a like probe, I believe. torpedo I pod, practically. A probe. a probe, okay, yeah. A so the, do probe. they have a message? Do they have a way to describe Andy, when they send they, packages they to don't. Space? They don't, so... Let's just, I bet you let's somebody just, will know one. Let's just say it's a modified probe. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever the case, then somebody's got to make a modified probe jingle. No. Uh, anyway, no. we're ready. No. <laughs> no. All right. Well, we're ready to go into the the um, the president circle. Let's, uh, like. let's leave the admirals club then. And that was the admirals club. Head on into the president circle. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. Oh, here we are, everybody. It's the President Circle. If you want to come enjoy the luxury of the finest lounge on the ship, head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. You'll have so many reasons to be there. If you are in the President's Circle, you get four extra podcasts every month. It's just bananas. If you want more hours of us, that's the place to go. And in addition to that, you will also get your messages read on this very regular show for all of you to hear. It's a priority one message. But first, we have to award one of those messages with the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Andy, who's the recipient this week? We have two this week, Matt. All righty. Just to clarify. No, it's Just to clarify. You get priority access, so you're really the first ones I look at, and there's more likely that you're going to be on. But uh, oh. there's no guarantee because oh. I don't read all of them. I don't care for that. If I yeah. if I care, no, well, I can I, read all of them. If, if, I, this, if is I your, this is your call, you're the one with more of the issues of the hail bag being too full. And I got to tell you today, both the priority one messages and the hail bag is chock full. Look, if I cared to do the work, I would read all of them <laughs> on the show. I, I have I no problem. We know with where I stand, you. guys. All right. Um, anyway, uh, our first Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardee is Lieutenant Joe Moore. Uh, it's a it's a it's a brief message, but a good one. Whose question in regards to my mentioning that I got a rowing machine is Andy's rowing machine called Ensign Row. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Well-deserved Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, Joe. <laughs> surprised you. I, I'm surprised I didn't get a, a text with a screen grab of that message going, What? Do I, I don't get this. What is this? And then <laughs> I, I know. have to go, it's a pun, Andy. And then you go, oh. Um, uh, I got to tell you, Joe, Joe either, there's no reason he would have spelled Ensign E-N-S-E-I-G-N, right? That's that's just a, that's just a mistype. There's no reason the, he would have spelled Ensign the way it's spelled what do you mean spell it again did i spell it wrong yes it's e-n-s-e-i-g-n yeah i thought ensign was yeah e-n-s-i-g-n did i did i not say it right uh e-n what okay what is happening (laughs) e-n-s-e-i-g-n 
He, is the way he spelled he it. He put an E in there accidentally. He put an extra E oh, in there. Okay. I think it was a mistype. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. So not only did it have a pun, but it had a mistype. So I still saw through it. Wow. I can't believe it, Andy. It's never, uh, you're never a person who doesn't uh, look for ways to get confused by things. So congratulations. That's true. <laughs> Lieutenant Mark Kutanch uh-huh. uh, writes us, um, Hi, Matt, Andy and Matt. Uh, big fan of the podcast. This is the one that's going to have the YouTube clip, Matt. Okay. Uh, uh, this is just uh, just unearthing. Big fan treasure, of the podcast. Everyone. Treasure. I've been saving this hail for months, waiting until you reach Relics. James Doohan reads uh, the Relics abridged novelization forward by LeVar Bar- Burton. His take on Dan and Worf has me convinced that he's never seen TNG and almost certainly filmed his scenes separately from them. The link takes you to a time where you will hear uh, Duhan's data followed by his Worf. Enjoy. This is one of the greatest tales uh, we have ever seen. Let me received. just go on record as saying James Doohan, very talented voice artist. He <laughs> practically invented the Klingon language for the animated series. He did so many voices on that show. Uh, so let's uh, they got a real pro to read it okay first of all second of all the cover for this book is terrible <laughs> really? they both just look surprised by the constitution class enterprise <laughs> uh, but yes yeah, so here it is this is from uh, the audio two cassettes this was so they took a 44 minute episode and they put it into two hours and 14 minutes of, of, of talking. Here we go. Let's hear James doing do Data and Worf. People okay. living in there? The answer was supplied by Data. Possibly a great number of people, Commander. <laughs> the interior surface area of a sphere this size would be equivalent to that of more than 250 million Class M planets. Worf looked up from his tactical console. Sir... I have located the distress signal. It is coming from a point on the northern hemisphere. <laughs> Absorbing the information, Picard turned to Rager. Ensign, take us into synchronous orbit above that point. Hi, sir. I love Was it. he mocking them? I love it. I love it so much. I think he, he completely he bases his TNG knowledge on uh, on on Lost in Space. I think. no, I think he <laughs> had had some critiques for Data's perform for Brent Spiner's performance, and he doesn't sound like a robot. That's exactly it. And I think he's really laying it in there. And then also, I think he's like, "Listen, Dorn, you're just not giving it the growl that you need to yeah. be a Klingon." Because I invented the Klingon language. I'll tell you how to do it. You think these were notes, really? I think these were his polite way of putting notes out there. Follow up to that. I also think that um, he also could have just forgotten being on the show at that That point. is just delightful. Thank you so much, was, Lieutenant Mark C. That was amazing. So I don't know that I could listen to the entire thing, but part of me feels like I should. I really do skipping, wonder. I'm skipping ahead. Else. I love that they put sound effects the in. The last thing he expected was that Scott's own temper would flare. But flare it did. Every engineer in the place turned and stared. Ooh, they fought him. You know, I was driving starships while your grandfather was still in diapers. I should think you'd mm-hmm. be grateful for a wee bit of help. <laughs> He's even critiquing his own performance by changing up his reads. <laughs> Oh, really? I feel like that was exactly what his read no, was. No, no, no. He said, first of all, in the scripted, in the television show, it's great-grandfather. 
And oh. it said was still in diapers. Oh, sorry, diapers. Uh, he definitely he said, said diapers. diapers the sure, same. of course. That was the same, yeah. Geordi had heard enough. Rather than fan the flames any higher, he turned away from Scott. And fo- <gasps> Do you think he's going to read the Troy scene? <laughs> mm. That's next. The novelizations always have the extra scenes that they cut, so... Now, as he paced from one bulkhead to the other and back again... Maybe he'll do her subtle accent. He's doing it. In the way. Used to be engineers had a wee bit of respect for one another. Used to matter if a man spent his whole life in the bowels of a ship. What do you want? Scott wasn't sure what he'd expected, but it wasn't what he got. As the door slid aside... It revealed one of the loveliest brunettes he had ever seen. <laughs> Is this a bad time? Uh, uh, no. He extended his hand to her. Captain Montgomery Scott at your service. Uh, what can I do for you? She took his hand and grasped it firmly. Diana Troy, ship's counselor. And actually, I'm here to see if there's anything I can do for you. Scott didn't quite know what to make of that. But his visitor was much too pretty to dismiss out of hand. He offered her a seat, then took one himself. I'll thank you kindly for your concern, lass, but uh, I'm set for now. (laughs) Now, here's what I want. Someone to do. This is a time index 4901. Just search for 08 Relics Abridged Novelization 1. That's the name of the file on YouTube. And uh, if anyone wants to cut in Andy's performance of Counselor of of, uh, uh, Andy's performance. No, I guess it would be my performance of Deanna Troy with Scotty's actual performance. (laughs) I will also take the inverse of that with (laughs) Andy doing Scotty. And James Dewan doing Deanna Troy, and play that scene out. Uh, that would be that would be delightful. So big thank you really, to whomever. There's no way you can go wrong. Who, who, you cut who sent that to us? Let's thank them again. Um, that was uh, Lieutenant Mark C or Mark Kutach. Thank you so much. That was joyful. Um, and with that, we are in the priority one messages proper. I mean, there's a tiny part of me that feels like I just might do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't know. It would, it would just... truly be hilarious if you've never edited the show, but you decide to spend your time editing that out. I used to remember when we would do sketches, I would put in all sounds effects and stuff like that, just like they do here. Did you? If yeah. You remember oh, that, yeah. Phasers blasting, you know, when we, when everything. I mean, I'm certainly, it's not a question of competence. Uh, it's just a matter of interest. Oh, I mean, that's too funny. To have both versions yeah. of that? Oh, maybe. With, oh, I love it. All right. Anyway. Get a fight out of me. I love the production value. More hails. More. I'm sorry. Uh, more. Uh, that was. I'm sorry. Was that a priority one message? That well, those were the uh, those Medal were the of Valor. Deserved Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Now we're in the priority one message. Okay. So thank you. Get... Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You always got to hit them all. Well, no, Great. that was not hailing frequencies open. That was incoming message. Very different. No, that's priority one messages. It should just be priority one messages. Yes, you don't but the guess who's part. telling us that it's a... It, Worf says it's an incoming message, and the computer's like, <laughs> it's priority one. In my opinion, no. in my humble opinion, as the prior runner of the soundboard, well, the incoming message should be any time within the show itself that there is an incoming message. This should be... 
the title, which is Wait, the priority. Wait, so you're one assuming that we would get messages during the show? Occasionally, something has happened where you said, "Well, I where I make reference to a hell," and then you say, "Well, let's hear it," and then I find it, and then and that's where it should go. Oh, I didn't even know that that had a specific use. Well, that's my another way of obviously. opening the hell. Open to open to debate. Open to constant and eternal debate. Quarters are more than um, adequate, and the replicator. That's a wonder. Scott smiled at her. She's <laughs> back. It's up to you if you want to put in the uh, the, uh, the scripts in there. <laughs> um, so you've already decided you're not going to do it. <laughs> uh, look, it depends on how long this window stays open on my computer. Look, guys, it could go either way. You might send it in, and uh, he might have a competing version. Oh, that would be amazing if we had competing versions. <laughs> um, so put a little pizzazz in if you can. Uh, our first priority one message is from the great and terrible Lizak, who writes us, I love the idea of President Circle members as co-presidents, um, although this whole time I've thought of us all as having the title Guest of the President. Uh, she's debating. You're not uh, even what... guests of the president. You're just in the president's. Guys, come on. You could be a guest <laughs> of somebody on the staff of the president. You're not necessarily. Aren't they, guests, aren't they minimally guests of the president? No. I think that's a fair title. No, they're just like, you know, if you've ever been to the White House, you know, if you've ever had the. Like, I, I you know, one time I was I was invited to the West Wing, but the president <laughs> did not invite me. I was going with a friend friend's law school buddy uh-huh and that i was like i was like no nah, i was not a guest of the president but it was in the president's circle did you meet the president <laughs> no no i think uh i have no idea where there i mean it was think it was thanksgiving the day after Thanksgiving. he was probably around but um i guess but but if you're in club 33 yeah you're not a guest of walt but you're a member of... Oh, I see. You're d- dividing that. So you're just saying that... But they are members of the president circle. Correct. Right. That's okay. just what the club is called, Andy. Right. As we've said many times, you're not the president. You're just in the president's the pres- circle. <laughs> the president is in there, though. Uh, he has full access to it. I don't think he's wasting time <laughs> You don't know when he's in there, in there though. Okay, I feel like so like Walt, sometimes Walt in his heyday would have been around Club 33, but he's not in there all the time. Uh, yeah, he's got stuff to do. He's got to run the Federation. <laughs> can't just be, um, can't just be like waiting for the mac and cheese to get refilled. All right. Well, then, then it's still open. If you if you have suggestions for what the people inside the president's circle should be called, feel free. Um, uh, Lieutenant Laura McCarricker writes us, uh, when I first saw these, this as a kid, this is in reference to Relics, the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, I thought Jordy was being a mean dick to poor old Scotty. I still think that. Now, now as a working adult, Jordy's irritation was justified. 100% Team Jordy. He's got things to do, and one of those things is not humor a relic, zing, while trying to do uh, as the captain ordered. I would find that irritating while working under pressure with a time limit. Scotty's worked in some crazy situations, and for him to be so wounded is immature. Though I will say as I get older, the pep talk at the end, he gets, uh, at the end gets me. Time does go by fast, and it's easy to get lost. Still, Team Jordy, dang it. You're entitled to your opinion. It's the president's <laughs> circle. But uh, you think too mean. I'm team. I'm team. Uh, I'm team Scotty. Just like I was team Broccoli. Uh-huh. I think the real problem here is Jordy LaForge. The characterization of Jordy LaForge. He's kind of a dick. 
Yeah. Uh, we yeah we've had, we had a couple of hails to that effect <laughs> and people reevaluating. Um, uh, Lieutenant Commander Cosmo War writes us. Uh, I've always found the sad Scotty scenes tough to watch when that crewman shows up, shows him his quarters and is dismissive. Mean Jordy bums me out still to this day. Boy, I still love the Enterprise flipping sideways to escape. So cool. So true. It's a sphere. Okay, maybe the Enterprise yeah. was flying at it sideways Here and then go. turned right side up. There's no right side up here at the sphere, guys. <laughs> you, you think the sphere <laughs> arranged itself I think around? It's, no, I think it's just your POV. It's a three-dimensional <laughs> situation. It doesn't... I, I, look, I think everyone so who thinks Ensign Rager is like... Ensign Rager did even less. You uh, think uh, that, that the sphere... Well, Ensign Rager was just pretending to hit buttons, and the sphere <laughs> shifted... No, that's not what I'm saying. ...to allow that's them to what escape. I'm saying. I'm saying that a sphere has no right side up. <laughs> Nor does a starship because of artificial gravity. Insanity. All I'm saying is, it's she just, did. She kicked ass. Edson Rager kicks ass. A matter of perspective. Okay, everyone. Lieutenant Eric Peoples writes us. Uh, I don't think Scotty would be well known at all. This was in reference to our debates. Wouldn't everybody know uh, who they were? Um, Kirkwood, of course. We remember the people in charge like Admiral Perry or John Paul Jones, but their crews, while known to historians, are not common knowledge. I felt more of them should have been asking about Here's why I'm going to say that that I don't totally agree with that. I see what you're saying. You're making a valid point. But if you love the thing, right? Like if I walked up to a current NASA astronaut. The John Carpenter movie, The Thing. If I walked up to a current NASA astronaut and said, hello, who was on Apollo 11? They would say Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, and Mike Collins. They would know everybody involved in the mission. I guess that's the question is, are the things that the that that the um, the TOS era uh, yes. crew did... They literally <laughs> saved... Remember when the president... Well, that's what I say. Star remember Trek when 4, the right? actual president of the Federation... <laughs> Well, I remember what <laughs> no, I No, not, not you, I gave, sir. I gave them metal. The actual president of the Federation says <laughs> that the they owe you a debt. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, know. come on. No. Like, yeah, they saved, they saved the planet. And it, also, like, Star Trek I feel like in turns. Starfleet Academy, there's got to be a temporal uh, uh, class where they discuss time travel uh, and when, you know, you shouldn't do it. But here's a time when it was done and it worked out for everybody. Yeah, but that would mostly be pointed at Kirk, in fairness. Uh, look, they were all accused of everything, uh-huh. and the, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, you know what, uh, whatever you need. I feel like we're in agreement that they, essentially, they would, they would have known the whole crew. I'm, I'm with you. Look, I'll, here's, here's your website. Watch this. Ready? Everybody, let's uh, hear, da, 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 da. Okay. And what does the what does the president say? This is like Captain Spock. You do not stand accused, Mr. President. I stand with my shipmates. As you wish. As you wish. The charges and specifications are conspiracy, assault on Federation officers, theft of Federation property. Namely, the Starship Enterprise, sabotage of the USS Excelsior, willful destruction of Federation property, specifically the aforementioned USS Enterprise, and finally, disobeying direct orders of the Starfleet commander, Admiral Kirk. 
How do you plead? How do you plead? On behalf of all of us, Mr. President, I'm authorized. Whoa. Classic me hit the wrong button. Authorized to plead guilty. Guilty. So entered. Because of certain mitigating circumstances, all charges but one are summarily dismissed. The remaining charge, disobeying orders of a superior officer, is directed solely at Admiral Kirk. I'm sure the Admiral will recognize the necessity of keeping discipline in any chain of command. I do, sir. James T. Kirk, it is the judgment of this council that you be reduced in rank to captain. And that as a consequence of your new rank, you be given the duties for which you have repeatedly demonstrated unswerving ability. The command of a starship. Silence. I disagree. Captain Kirk. There it is. There you it is. and your crew have saved this planet from its own short-sightedness. And we are forever in your debt. I'm just saying, like, I feel like you'd know the crew of, you know, and I'm just also, the other thing I'm saying, too, is like, I get it if, like, you're on a random star base and you're talking to, like, an engineer on the random star base, but if you're talking to an engineer that's on the fifth iteration of the Enterprise, yeah, you're going to have that knowledge. You're going to, you're going to know of the time that the other Enterprise crew saved the fucking everything <laughs> well, it was probably about 80 years between those things i i, I but know yes but like look we're 50 years out the, from uh from the moon landing that's true um it's like but it's, how many it's living memory how many people, it's living memory to people he's literally yeah. you know he's been on missions where they're dealing with spock he's had look, sarek on board he's you know fucking admiral mccoy's walking around on the ship and encounter a far point uh, i'm just saying Look, you're preaching the converted here, pal. I'm I'm with you. I mean, bottom line is they saved they saved the Earth probably several times, but certainly the most publicly there. Um, so it, we would definitely like everybody would remember the names of that crew. Come on, public record. It'd be like uh, it'd, be, anyway. it'd be like the uh, the crew of the Terra Nova. You know, uh, the the people that went out to uh, colonize the first. <laughs> you all know what we're talking about. Uh, if you don't, join the president's circle uh, or the you lieutenant's level and uh, come on over and listen to us yeah. talk about Enterprise. At the cheaper uh, lieutenant's level, we're going through Enterprise. And uh, this, this month, short tracks. Um, Not this month. All right. Next month. Sorry, Stop next trying month. to watch next it so month. fast. Are you just out of things to watch, Andy? No, I'm just trying to get ahead. Uh, um, that's never good because you won't remember. That is a really valid You're point. You're never going to remember. I also, I'll get confused <laughs> yes, about what we're talking about. Of course. Terrible. Um, Lieutenant Cam writes us, uh, Riker knows uh, all about how transporters work. In the past, we've seen him understand stuff like warp engines and all the various tech the Enterprise uses. So clearly, he's got at least more than a basic engineering training. We know he's a pilot, and to be a pilot in space, you have to understand, uh, have to have an understanding of gravity, physics, and so forth. Dyson sphere is co- is fairly common, and well known uh, is a fairly common and well known concept in theoretical physics. And I believe first year students study the concept. I can't believe Riker doesn't know what one of them is. Really I feel like there've been so many advancements in the realm of physics between now and the time that Riker's in the academy that that might not make the theoretical thing from the twentieth century physicist might not make it. 
He says, my head cannon. When Riker says, a Dyson sphere? He was speaking in disbelief, like he couldn't believe he was really seeing one, and Picard just misunderstood, and Picard explained it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't mind your head cannon. <laughs> and then Brandon Davis writes, uh, adds on to it, Scotty's first duty is to cover his ass and lie to his captain. Did he even go to Starfleet Academy? Oh, that's not added on. That's he went to the Starfleet Academy of Hard Knocks. You <laughs> had a different first duty. Lie to pretend you're a miracle worker. <laughs> um, Lieutenant James McLaughlin writes us, uh, I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, but I could hear... <laughs> Here you go, Matt. I could hear the lighter clicking during the audio of Scotty talking to the holodeck and thought it was a good piece of comedic timing. Couldn't get the image of a drunk Scotty, hair slightly messed up, standing in the hallway, <laughs> yelling at the computer while trying to light a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love and then uh, Lieutenant XO Jeff H writes, yeah, definitely. Lighter sounds in the background set off my memory of the old days. I can still smell and taste it like it was yesterday. It's been almost five years for me. Good for you. Um, Good for you. Uh, no judgment for me, but Matt, I do hope you were able to quit one day. Thank, no, honestly. Other, I, other people I express their concern. I admire you. Yeah. Also, I would say that like, there's like a good percentage of the time where you're you're hearing me light an incense uh, stick so uh-huh. I mean but yes in fairness I should quit I've tried I've done it I failed did you did you read the book that, sure did the time the I read the book listened to the book did, when did I it, li- it did for many months and then I went back to a place called Sony uh-huh. And <laughs> the, yeah, the that, book could not help. <laughs> no, it's just almost so much of a real world trouble that uh, <laughs> that a book can overcome. What do they do? Do they tell you how terrible it is? How does the book work? Uh, it's just a long winded, you know, sort of. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, you know, it's just facts. It's just facts in your face, like. You don't, you don't actually like it. it. Doesn't taste good. Blah 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 blah. Oh, I see. All right. So they don't have like the equivalent for like they do getting stuff done or you know something like that. Uh, I believe he. Like, I, I believe Alan Carr. I believe Alan Carr has a series of books about various things. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll check it out. Um, Alan Carr, not a sponsor. <laughs> Here's how this thing didn't work for me. Oh, I should check that out. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's worked for other people. <laughs> I see. <laughs> You're a stubborn one. Um, Lieutenant Tom Bondurant uh, writes us, uh, In Andy's defense, I've had many two-burger lunches. Most of the time, they're veggie burgers. That is not the same thing, Tom. With lots and lots of hot sauce. Uh, Also, that disco-style Constitution class in Starfleet HQ doesn't have to be the Enterprise. Um... Uh, I don't remember seeing any registry numbers, so it could be one of the sister ships, named but never seen, like the Hood, Farragut, Yorktown, or Constitution herself. Just a suggestion, Matt. I feel your pain about the worm can opening. Thanks, as always. Andy uh, is doing great with my name. It won't It won't help me, but I appreciate your attempts. Thank you. Um, here's uh, another uh, deep-cut nerdy one. Uh, Lieutenant Christopher P. Gill writes us, uh, he, Andy, and Matt, as a diehard TOS fan, Relics uh, was and remains a landmark Star Trek episode for me. 
as a 14-year-old kid going to see Star Trek The Motion Picture uh, on the day it was released in December 1979, one of the things that irked me was the fact that they saw fit to make so many changes to the iconic look and feel of the old show. Sure. Nearly everything was upgraded from production and sound design and costumes and art direction. Of course, the huge budget meant uh, better sets and special effects, and it would be, have been silly to expect that they would duplicate the original look of the television series exactly uh, but in my view they went completely overboard replacing those amazing primary colors and ungodly drab drab pastels and a beige color palette which also did not do any favors to a movie that had already had serious pacing pacing issues true so true but I will say I felt like they were oh sorry he's not done continue and then I'll say something i felt like they were sending the message that those original sets and costumes were so embarrassing that they were essentially stricken from canon and we were all meant to think they never existed intentional or not this was an affront to the original artists and craftspeople like matt jeffries william ware face these um and wa ming chang that worked so hard to make tos what it was given the restraints of budget and technology at the time this remained the case for 13 years through more movies and two more tv series until relics came along of course it was already a treat to see the original transporter effect um and sound but when the holodeck doors open scotty walks in the original enterprise i was overjoyed beyond belief i still get a little emotional every time i see it in my mind they were finally acknowledging tng and tos were part of the same trek canon and existed in the same universe. So in addition to being wonderfully written and deeply satisfying, I also feel they righted a wrong that had been allowed to go unaddressed for too long. Love you guys in the podcast. Stay safe and secunda. Uh, Lieutenant Christopher P. Gill. Christopher. Uh, P.S. Oh, one yes, more. Go ahead. The TOS bridge effect in the holodeck was partially made possible by finding a few seconds of film from the TOS episode. This side of paradise where the crew abandons the ship and the bridge is shown deserted. Um, fingers crossed, PPS, P- you, fingers crossed you guys will eventually cover TOS in the main pod or via Patreon. I have a feeling uh, you will find the bad parts delightful and the good parts even more amazing than you originally remember. Uh, Go ahead, Matt. Thank you. Uh, Chris, let me just say, the, like a good portion of that movie is canonically explaining the changes to the Enterprise. Like the full refit it's undergoing the fact that Decker is familiar with the refit and Kirk is not, uh, and the fact that Scotty has been working his ass off to get this ship going, uh, it's, it's, I don't, uh, I don't mind it at all because they literally take the time to go, here's why this all looks different. So you're, you're making the distinction that in, uh, the discovery era of enterprise, they make no comment on. It's just for the fuck of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, but again, Do I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind the discovery look. That's not the look of the. The look is not the problem for me with that. It it, it, it isn't. It it it's the changes. It's the un. It's like sometimes it's sometimes I get the necessary. Like I get it. Sometimes I don't. I don't like the whole it's weird like the thing I'm saying to like about the motion picture like they canonically explain it I don't like the backflips they try to do on Discovery to undo stuff much later you mean after they've already made the change like after they've already made the change they do backflips and dialogue sometimes you know, right. like having Luke's ghosts come out and grab the lightsaber and say, that's no way to treat a Jedi's weapon. Eyes well, will roll into the back of my head. 
Well, I mean, the distinction there is obviously, you know, back in the day, they had a little bit of fan interaction and letters, but it wasn't like immediately when you put out a property, you see from hundreds of thousands of people what their takes are. So I think it's more nowadays, it's like, oh, people really reacted to this. We better take some time and explain it or, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look, I don't mind. Again, I don't. The aesthetic of Discovery is the aesthetic of Discovery. I have no problem with it. But I also teed up this letter because uh, I thought you were going to talk about the thing you sent me, which was amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were just there are other ways to do it and to honor the canon, like to make. I I sound ridiculous when I say honor the canon. I don't I don't I'm not that my problem is not. I'm not such a uh, adherence to canon zealot, but for me, it's like again. I, my problem with that thing in Picard is that you're putting the Galaxy class starship also with this weird Constitution class that never existed in the realm of Picard. Like Jean Luc Picard right. knows the Constitution class, knows the Constitution class bridge. It didn't look anything like. The Discovery Bridge. Okay. So we don't have to, like, we don't have to open that can of worms, but they did. Right. But I mean, you you showed me, a, you sent me a link for a fan's redesign of what the Discovery era. Yes, how it could um, have looked much more like the original series, but also still meet the, the design cues uh, of the Discovery show and and the update in in effects technology and it was beautiful yeah it was just beautiful i'm sure you can find it just anyone but the uh yeah but but it really was uh i really was like uh you you kind of like to me that was almost your most convincing argument was was that piece of footage i was like oh this looks yeah amazing and And it's exactly the old enterprise but it's just a cool yeah it's update just better lighting the hull plating yeah. there it's just you know and you, you know take some design cues you change the nacelles a little bit and you're good to go right anyway. i wouldn't love to know if it's if the because i think there's a there's a merchandising redesign directive and that's why they make little changes to you know spider-man's costume or whatever it's sort of like no but they don't well, but they don't they here's the thing though it's all owned by the same company there's no reason to do that you want to sell well, more models, you can sell more models. Just make some new fucking models. People will buy them. It doesn't, you know, it's not like, oh. Yeah, but they want to sell new Enterprises. But they don't make them. The only Enterprise model, oh. the only Discovery Era Enterprise model I can buy is from, is $9,000. Is that really true? Yes. They're not merchandising this crap? This is, there's no toys. There's no nothing. It's like, again, it just like, it, that's the, it, whatever. I may have had that same reaction to that same point. Uh, within the last three episodes, um, that's uh, that's real weird. I gotta say. <laughs> um, then I then I guess that answers the question, which I guess it is just sort of like. But I want this enterprise yep. to be mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Our next uh, priority one message is from Lieutenant Soy El Presidente. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, I have no problem with the Janolan transporter sound and effects being TOS era rather than uh, movie era as different ships will no doubt have different levels of technology. Just as with airplanes we fly sometimes, you get a different brand new top of the line uh, airplanes. Uh, You get a brand new top of the line airplane, I guess, 
that uh, has TV screens on each seat and others that have shared TVs attached to the roof along the aisle. Yeah, different interiors for the same Boeing. Yeah, sure. Um, Lieutenant Christopher Edwards writes us, here is some info for you guys. Janolin uh, USS. Uh, the Janolin miniature was a modification of a shuttlecraft built by John Goodson of ILM for Star Trek VI. The modifications by Greg Jane uh, added warp engine to the model. Um, engines, I guess. Uh, it has been pointed out quite correctly that it shouldn't have been possible for Scotty and Jordy to be beamed off the Janolin while the ships were still up. Shields, uh, the, the shields were still up. Yeah, shields were still up. That one was my mistake. I apologize. The Janolin uh, model has been reused as a ship visiting DS9, notably as the transport that brought the two temporal investigator agents. Uh, to the station in Trials and Tribulations. Love the podcast. Stay safe and healthy. I forget. They're like uh, Dalmar and 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 it's like it's like Mulder and Scully, just like anagrams for Mulder and Scully. Those two agents. Uh-huh. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, I wouldn't know. That's an episode but, called uh, Trials and Tribulations. People are getting geared up for DS Nine. Uh, only uh, one and a half more seasons. Not really more than one and a half more seasons. We're right at the beginning of nine hundred more hours. <laughs> Lieutenant Andrew Gibson says a flat statement. The Janolin was clearly a shuttle. Oh, <laughs> how dare you. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Jill Renberg what, writes What us, shuttle is big enough to hold the doors open for the Enterprise? <laughs> <laughs> well, they did it with, with uh, you know, shields and crap, right? Yeah, but imagine a shuttlecraft extending its shields you know the text better than i do i don't i can't it's not gonna work guys okay lieutenant jill sorry lieutenant gil Ren, renberg sorry give me a hard g soft g actually um andy and matt it's worth noting that the 20th century physicist called called freeman dyson <laughs> freeman dyson passed away this past February at age 96. Oh, wow. He was a truly impressive figure. I had the privilege of getting to know him a bit in his later years, including having lunch with him last summer. Wow. Wow. And I'm now kicking myself because I hadn't yet seen this episode and therefore missed out on the opportunity to ask him what he thought of its rendition of a Dyson spear. Um, And then he included a short interview clip. 250 Uh, million Earths. <laughs> is, that, is that Dyson? That no, that is uh, just that is James doing data. Doing data. <laughs> um, I'll even add that he meant spent most of his life living in Princeton. Uh, Professor Dyson was an Englishman, so he would have appreciated Captain Picard's use of called. Um, and uh, I actually looked at uh, looked at the clip, and I would recommend you uh, looking this guy up. He's fascinating. He's very personable, and he's clearly a major sci-fi fan. He's making all sorts of sci-fi references in these interviews um prime oh is this this actually does this go here <laughs> you see. tell me uh no this is this is a long one from nacho it's a priority I, uh, one because it's nacho yeah but it's okay so i'll ask you what our protocol is the protocol is, is i can this. hit this button whenever i want i can hit Look, prime correct prime correctives can come at any point so you want to play the theme every time there's a prime corrective, even if there are prime correctives in Priority One messages and also in regular hails. Are you asking if I am worried about playing sounds multiple times? <laughs> uh, I mean, to me, it's, uh, you know, it's, 
it's it's not the entertainment value is is lower for playing the same things but uh i disagree yeah, right, because you if you play them enough they become funnier and funnier and funnier as, you are the commandant. As is illustrated by you needing a sandwich. Andy needs a sandwich and a pizza and some ice cream and some donuts and a good pizza to cover up the bad pizza and some tacos and a burger and some french fries and a milkshake and some cookies and some onion rings. Matt needs a pizza too. I Actually, really, uh, really do. They had two double cheeseburgers. Uh, smash burgers um one which i because <laughs> i really was getting frisky i uh i ordered the the right cheese finally to make a saganaki and i put a bar of saganaki on one of the burgers and then i followed it with ice cream and i had onion rings and uh, sweet potato tater tots wow yesterday I ate healthy today i did not well look if you just vacillate you'll eat normal you know, it'll average out to normal. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah, yeah, eat terrible one day, eat really good the next day, eat terrible one day, eat really good the next day. It's just going to average out to normal. Well, uh, Matt. Yes. Uh, this is a long, nerdy uh, hail from our good friend Nacho Lopez uh, Echeverria. And uh, I know I'm doing well, it wrong. Here it is. And, um, oh, oh, go ahead. Q&A and up. if you if you want, so I'm leaving it to you. Do you want to hear a long nerdy email from Nacho? Yes, Nacho has given us so much. The least we can do. Is right, that's play that was in. my feeling, but I you know I just wanted to make sure. I've been promoted. The academy was not for me, but I've been posted. Oh, Matt, this is the wrong to thing. the place I want to. <laughs> this is this version of Enterprise, but it was in I the know, thing. I know this isn't. That's not what I was going to do. I moved that to next week because we had too many hails this oh week. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is this one called? This one is a, just a regular hail that I'm going to be reading. But uh, oh, if you want to I do... thought it was a clip I was playing. Uh, no, but uh, since we're on that already, why don't we just read that too, and then I'll read his long hail after it. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, this was his lead-in to the thing you were just playing. Um, well, this seems like it's for Enterprise. And didn't it, I move that out of today's sounds? You probably did after the fact, after I already pulled it. All right. Um, <laughs> Andy put it. Since, Andy had this thing. We have a folder that Andy drops the hails in, and it's called Today's uh, Sounds. And then mm-hmm. there's, like, this other folder in there I'm seeing called For Future Episodes. And I'm like, but this is in Today's Sounds, so it must be for today. <laughs> Couldn't work the logic. I, I was like, I put it in there because it's hard to move them out of the folder itself. So I just put something. How it was clearly how could it labeled. Be hard? Not for today's episode. Well, no, 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 no. It was not clearly yeah, labeled. Yeah, I know. Until now I, I changed it. it. I just renamed. It, just renamed it something like this is not for Matt. Matt should not look. It in says here. nothing for Matt to worry about in here, which is fine. That right. I get. That's totally fine. <laughs> It says, for future episodes, how much clearer can it be? <laughs> well, it's in today's sounds. It shouldn't live there. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is what Nacho wrote. I can't let everyone make a version of the Enterprise theme but me. So someone had written us uh, a brilliant um, uh, parody song of Enterprise for our Enterprise episodes. We've, in the got, Patreon. we've got two versions yeah. of we got Lieutenant two. Jeff Mullins. And, uh, and and so we have the he, he we have said, the lady singing also, and the lady singing one too. Uh, 
Phoebe Phillips and see you're catching me off guard. So it's been a long road with TNC on all day through the dark times. We got this one, and we have this one. Andy Secunda. And now Nacho has joined the fray. Well, let me do your let me do the uh, the setup for this. Um, part of a yearly hotel style Spanish sci-fi convention in Madrid called Mod which uh, will have its 12th edition next February if world pandemics get better. On them, I interview and translate for our guest actors, and I've also been the entertainer until two or three years ago and decided to pass on the baton um, of the entertaining part and only translate and enjoy the week-long sci-fi party. During those years, I made some sci-fi parody songs uh, for a concert after Saturday's dinner um, and sold some CDs, and some of those songs are Star Trek-themed. I usually made one related to... The character of our guest Star Trek actor, and we had Anthony Montgomery, Travis, <laughs> the pilot on Enterprise, and I made it uh, with the Enterprise theme, of course. So I've adapted it to English uh, for you, and here it is. Um, Anthony had to hear it in Spanish and wonder what the people were laughing about. It is Enterprise theme, and he wanted us to play it. Um, I've been promoted. The Academy was not for me, but I've been posted. To the place I want to be And now my dream will be a reality I will fly some more And we'll get to date Where no other man has got to date before I want to mate with some aliens I want to kiss a green lady I want to be tied up on a basement Hangover on some planet I want to fight for no reason I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this and say Nacho it's fantastic, but it sounds spoiler heavy. Oh, interesting! I'm hearing a lot of spoilers about the character. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> I don't know Sorry, why the guy. Sure. I don't know why the guy who got angry about the cover of a book didn't flag this. <laughs> yeah, I think I just saw them as uh, buoyant lyrics. I didn't uh, read into it. <laughs> I see. All right. Well, if he gets trapped in a basement, I thought there were sort of general planet. patterns on the shows and not spe- specific things. Well, we've only seen five episodes. It's true. Uh, so who's to know? This sounds spoilery, Nacho. We will be playing it later on in the Enterprise. Rock. Okay, there you go. Then I'm going to go on to his nerdy hell that I started to read. Uh, okay, so replicators. Although the replicator does use the registers of a transport pattern in order to plan the 3D printing of stuff, it can only make inorganic material. The replicator synthesis matter from stored energy from scratch based on those plans, but it is building synthetic proteins, saccharose and stuff like that, not actually meat or fruit that has been alive, and there's nothing alive in it. Some people claim to taste the difference between synthesized food based on that, and some don't. I suppose many people even prefer synthesized food as that's what they've eaten all their life. And in theory, uh, and it is in theory, hygienic, healthier. Uh, If I remember well, they once replicate a corpse on DS9 or talk about it, but they quickly realize it's a replicated corpse and not a dead person. Then he says, Scotty Synthahol. Nonetheless, Scotty is indeed complaining of taste and lack of alcohol in his drink because they gave him syntholic whiskey. Uh... Uh, which is is what they have. They don't have actual alcohol at the bar, um, except for what uh, data gives them. Um, it's like zero sugar sweet drinks. Not the same thing. It doesn't taste the same. Um, he says about the transporter pattern and the beam. All this is another clue 
that the transporter isn't a 3D printer. They can't synthesize live stuff. People would be made of inorganic synthesized not alive meat they can't replicate a puppy the transporter pattern is a living person in an energy state that you can then move around within a transporter beam and you want a good signal for that uh beam so it doesn't get lost or drops the pattern the pattern will degrade if something bad happens and will dissipate if not contained within the beam we've quite often seen patterns that rematerial rematerialize themselves uh in weird places when hitting someone Um, which means that the pattern contains some kind of reaction able to put the person back in the original state by itself if it didn't degrade and something not too bad happens. That's why they rematerialize. That's why they materialize in weird places sometimes. The pattern bounced off something. The pad is a better place to turn people um, and stuff into patterns and back uh, than the transporter beam because it happens in a more controlled environment and it also allows the transporter engineer to filter the pattern looking for weapons, viruses, and stuff. You don't want to jump into someone's transporter beam if you are not beaming into a pad. If it materializes itself, it materializes by itself without an engineer filtering and separating both patterns, you will both be in deep shit. Or more precise, or you will both bits. be deep shit. Um, why don't they beam their stuff with them when leaving in a hurry? They don't beam all the crew's stuff when leaving the ship in a hurry because that takes a lot of energy and time and stuff in pattern state does uh, does actually occupy physical space. Space. It is not data. It is stuff in pattern state. Um, they are in a hurry. The transport rooms are not infinite, nor the containment space. So, Nacho, are you proposing that a transporter beam with a Commander Riker in it, the beam would weigh exactly what Riker weighs? That can't be what he's saying. That's what he's he? saying. That's ins- I've decided. It does seem strange. I think he's saying... Uh, stuff in pattern state does actually occupy physical space. If it, it occupies physical data. space, then it has mass. So is the idea that when when the replicator is making food, that there are like cubes of matter that it's changing into food that are the same weight and density of yes, the food? Yes, it needs matter to create the food. Yeah, it can't make matter out of nothing. Uh, oh, well, then that supports his theory, doesn't it? I uh, what his his he has no there's no theory well his statement yeah i thought you were questioning well i no i'm i'm simply bringing it up as something i've never thought of in my oh, oh I, i'm sorry about, i thought you were I've disputing never thought it. about like what a transporter beam weighs so you're agreeing i i i, I don't have a reason to disagree yet but does it work that way once it's energy it doesn't work that way once it's energy. What are you talking about? So I guess the question is, well, it doesn't have weight once it's energy. But if he's but if he is he's surmising that it occupies space. If yeah, it's occupying a, space, then that. it must have mass. And if it has mass, it has weight. Yeah. Weird. Weird fake that thing is. that doesn't exist. <laughs> it is really weird. That's it's it's weird that that would be built into the mythology of it. <laughs> um uh, uh, they're in a hurry. The transporter rooms are not infinite, nor the containment space and transporter buffers and starship energy is not immediately available in infinite amounts forever and on every and in every instant. They uh, instance, I think he means, and they uh, they have actual people to move, need air, shields, propulsion, inertial dampeners. And then the last point he makes is, but what about storing stuff like in the museum on Picard? Uh, on the Starfleet Museum on Picard. 
he goes to a section called the Quantum Archives, where he's got a private vault with some of his old stuff. The stuff in there is stored in stasis in a quantum state. This is a third thing, not replication nor transporter patterns. Can they store people or wine in, on, in quantum st- stasis? Who the F knows? Oh, I that never bothered me that 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 room in Picard because that always just felt like you know instead of a a person physically going and grabbing you know the book you wanted in a library or the object you needed from a museum, it was just materialized from a place that it was. Like I felt like in my mind that worked like everything was organized in some sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark type warehouse. <laughs> And Picard just had a nice place to go look at it. But are you saying it's physically there, or it's? I'm in saying some... it's physically somewhere. Oh, and this is just the way the place to access yeah. it. I see. Interesting. I would I would guess that it's something else that it is on the disc. I would guess that out. whoever wrote it had yeah. no fucking idea. <laughs> well, that also is possible. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you for all the detail, uh, Nacho. Uh, and for the uh, parody song that we aborted, uh, when we're done with Enterprise, uh, you can send it to us there, and we will <laughs> we will play it again um, in its entirety. Uh, Hells uh, should be open. We are now leaving the President Circle. Well, we have to leave first. <laughs> Captain, we are being hailed. Um. Relics. Uh, this is about uh, Spencer Snowling's Snowling uh, original viewing in 1992, which uh, I thought was very satisfying to read. Hi, Matt and Andy. I have a very clear memory of watching Relics during its first airing back in 1992. It was the fourth year of my undergraduate degree in civil engineering, and TNG was absolutely the biggest thing on TV at the time, back when TNG and X-Files were just about the only sci-fi TV available. Many of us in that civil engineering class would get together to watch each new episode as it was broadcast. For Relics, there were about ten of us at a friend's place, as usual. It was obviously a lot of fun to see an episode centered around basically the most popular fictional engineer of all time, but when Scotty said the line, I never wanted to be anything else but an engineer, the room erupted in deafening cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, as you mentioned, it is a special moment, but it carries a little extra hope for us engineers uh, to love our jobs and don't want to do anything else. Thanks so much for bringing back that memory to me with your episode this week. You guys rock. Keep up the great work. And as always, Secunda, best regards, Spencer. Thank you, Spencer. And uh, delightful. Yeah. Greatest Um, fictional engineer of all time. This was uh, this was someone tweeting uh, at Star Trek TNC, our Twitter. Uh, I always took the crew's somewhat cruel dismissiveness. This is from uh, Kevin Cog- Cognito or Cognetto. It's the same question as Magneto or Magneto. It's Magneto, isn't it? Um, you want to be incognito? No one says incognito. Oh, that's what he says. It's a pun, isn't it? You. <laughs> You are Kevin oh, Kevin Cognito. Row. <laughs> Kevin Cognito. How did yeah, I get Ensign Row? There you I go. I really have a problem. I'm like a modern day data. That's what I see myself as. Sure. <laughs> um, I always took the crew's somewhat cruel dismissiveness of Scotty, as well as Scotty's endlessly droning on uh, about the old days, as Ron Moore playing playing out the then sizable schism between TNG and TOS fans on the show with this episode being the cry for reconciliation. 
I thought that was a good point. Hmm. I like basically, that. Basically, basically, the TOS people are like, but it's not the old days, and the new people are being dicks about it. Um, only found you guys because of Picard. So this is a couple of Picard hails. Uh, hi, Mandy, celebrity name. I wanted to add to the data poll that I fa- data poll that I found your TNC podcast when Picard was premiering. Oh, listen to you get okay. listen to you to absolutely lay into the entire season one of Picard. I knew I had to listen to what you had to see it say about TNG. Thanks for the great pod. <laughs> Is that? I guess we do. We are characterized as absolutely laying into Picard. Uh, I did yeah, not hold was, back. No, you especially were were. Uh, uh, look, your inimitable self. Look, it just, you know, I'm not gonna. You don't have to defend. Get riled up like, again. No. Anyway, that was from Kevin Kirchner. If I didn't say Admiral Kevin K, he addresses himself. Uh, Jane Brenda writes us. Uh, you said you two were wondering who your listeners found your podcast with the airing of Picard. I'm one of those, and then I was hooked on everything else you've done about Star Trek. Oh wow! Good Thank to have you aboard, Jane Brenda. Um. Let's see. Here's one uh, we were asking a few a few episodes ago about averages. Priority one, Andy's averages. Uh, Zach from Zachariah Seville, um, who writes us, Good day, Secunda, and salutations to Myra. This is a late response to an off-the-cuff request from Matt in Times Arrow Part 2. Uh, Matt mentioned he'd like to see the averages from past seasons. I'll admit I'm no statistical expert even though I've worked for Statistics Canada in the past. <laughs> so I looked to Lieutenant Brad Arrington, Lieutenant Commander Brad Arrington's charts for help. Um, unfortunately, Season 5 is not yet available, but seeing the averages for Season 1 through 4 made me curious to see how um, Picard, uh, Star Trek Picard, fared against them. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> well, I understand that there are only 10 episodes compared to 26 per TNG season. I was amazed to see that Picard ranked higher than all the TNG seasons. <laughs> For reference, season one, uh, the average was 3.8. Season two, the average was 3.7. Season three, the average was 5.6. Season four, uh, the average was 6.2. And Picard, season one, the average was 6.34. That, it's higher. That one thing I noticed... feels right, it, by the way. One thing I noticed... Uh, well, finding the rankings for the Picard episode uh, I listened to each Andy segment today was that you guys seem to have nothing but complaints and exasperated sighs about each episode's content yet you would then say the effects were amazing and the fan service uh, tickled you and gave you gave relatively high points as a result well frankly Man of the People had fantastic effects makeup music and acting and the plot even had logical storytelling and forward momentum but it still ended up in resounding uh, one Andy rating. Uh, what do I hope to accomplish with this hail? I'm not sure. <laughs> but if you manage to end up in a temporal anomaly caused by a collapsing singularity, please consider ranking Picard with your actual feelings about the series because, spoiler alert for the Patreon, Matt really seems to hate it. Uh, uh, apologies for the long hail. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. And I just hope Picard Season 2 will be roundly decimated if it deserves, uh, deserves it like so many trite TNG episodes do on the regular. I don't know that I could sit and and rewatch Picard. Yeah. No, I think he was saying if we got sucked into the past. I don't know that certainly. I could do it. I mean, that'd be interesting. If that was like a demand from the Patreon for some horrible I mean, reason. Then. <laughs> I just can't wait to see what happens with that Borg cube they've been touting. Yeah. Nothing. 
Nothing. <laughs> All right. Let's not fall into the trap. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, okay. So this one uh, will be one of the um, one of the sounds. Uh, trip to memory beta as requested by Matt. Hello, Andy and Matt. Should you this be read on the pod? It is being read. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Been listening since season one. During relics, Matt requested a jingle for any tips you might take to memory beta and i was struck by a muse or a desire to put everything else uh, to put off everything else i have done to get done in order to work on something completely unnecessary but it's hard to tell the difference anymore in quarantine anyway i hope you enjoy it i'm a big fan as well as the president you're not the president it's brian stromitz uh keep up the good work and stay safe now let me just make sure matt before you play this that you're gonna play like Matt. oh sorry uh, everything playing at once <laughs> no problem so uh okay so yeah this is the one that's that's trip to memory beta here it jingles. is well, let's take a trip down memory beta i love it trip to memory beta trip to memory beta it's a trip to memory beta <laughs> memory beta has all the books and non-canon things Matt doesn't care about and Andy thinks is cool. <laughs> We're off to memory beta with Matt and Andy Secunda to find out what is happening with Captain Batson. <laughs> <laughs> really, really fine work, uh, sir. <laughs> that's really great. That's really great. Thank you. And uh, it was apropos because uh, we actually have a memory beta section entry um which is from Stuart gray who writes relics and ro karen um laren laren i think it's the real laren uh memory bait unless there's something else hidden in this hello fellas uh i uh, thank you for another accidentally excellent podcast uh i listened to relics uh as i was climbing the mountains in the scottish highlands today and it kept me going um, I thought you'd be interested to know. Oh, then I'm writing this reading the wrong accent. I listened to relics as I was climbing the mountains in the Scottish Highlands today, and it kept me going. Uh, I thought you'd be interested to know that in the novels, Roe Laren is the captain of the new DS9 and in a relationship with Quark. I don't know Quark yet, but that upsets me already. The <laughs> latter seems to work because she doesn't seem to stand for his BS, and he provides support. They are well-written books and worth a read. Cheers, Stuart Gray. Thank you, Stuart. That's a good up. That's a good memory beta update. <laughs> it is a good memory beta update, although it's very disturbing that that's the uh, that's the turn event. She's he's a he's a Ferengi. Uh-huh. That much I know. Um, yeah. And now, how do you feel about it? Knowing the show about Quark and Roe? Yeah. I mean, I would think they'd be oil and water, but you know what? I'd maybe opposites attract. I don't. I don't think that's a bad thing. That's, uh, who knows. Love is a strange thing. Um, and now we have a prime corrective. Uh, which is labeled as prime corrective. And here it is. By the way, I can't find the uh, opening to the prime corrective sound. So, Is there an opening? Yeah. there There is a, you know, the prime corrective jingle, which I can't find anymore. Oh, so I should just read it? No, no. Here it is. This is the audio clip, correct? N- uh, no, well, let me read the uh, lead-in for I it see. first. I see. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
uh, from Commander, uh, sorry, from from Lieutenant, uh, actually, I don't even know if he's Lieutenant. It says XO Jeff H. So unless you're an, actually an XO, which, you know, that would be amazing if you were, but are you really? Um, correction for Matt, the NX-1 was not a Federation ship. It was a Starfleet ship. It was an Earth Starfleet ship. The United ship. Federation of Planets. That's What's true. that? It was an Earth Starfleet ship. That's very accurate. You had a lot of nerds jumping all over each other to get, to get that one in. United Federation Plants was not established yet, so the ship's uh, statement of there have been five Federation ships with that name was accurate for the time. Um, and then this is the hail from... Let me just find it. I'm sorry, i got to label them because there seems to be confusion between us. Um, well, it's just that, like, I have memory... Hail, hail TNG Relics. There's other one. memory beta songs, too. This I'm very confused. Hail TNG oh, well, Relics. Well, because you took a bunch of things out of a file that was labeled for future episodes. It's not on me. Hail TNG Relics. That one I think I pulled. Nope, that's Prime Corrective. Here we go. Here we go. Andy, it's you from the future. You've got to call me back. In conference in Matt. Both you and Matt turn out fine. But it's your kids, Matt Jr. and Andrea. Something's got to be done about them. Uh, thanks, Doc Brown. There you go. Um, that was not a prime corrective because that was not the one that I thought you were going to play. But you know what? what that, Why don't we just, you just get said, out of this You just mess. said Hail TNG Relics was the name of the I file. I don't, I don't know what is going on here. That's but it was the name of the file. when I left it. I feel like you moved stuff around and you pulled stuff out and I it didn't touch it. anything inside that folder. All right. Did um, you want the one that's labeled Prime Corrective like I asked you? Is there one? This on one? Didn't you Hello, already? Matt and Andy. It's no. listener Eric. Hang on oh a second. Oh, my God. Yes, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> Sorry. I Let's all think about what happened, listen to it, right. and then remember. That's everything playing at once again. I hit the space bar. <laughs> and you make a lot of mistakes, too. We're both contributing no, to the no, chaos no. on this program. This is not a mistake. This is a me asking you to... I'm saying, you want me to play the one that says Prime Corrective, and you say, no, this one's Hail TNG Relics. And I play no, Hail TNG true. Relics. I, I have a mislabeled thing because I have a lot of different hails that I'm moving around. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, I screwed up that time, but I don't always Hello, I'm Matt always and Andy. It's listener Erica. Uh, Andy, I think everyone listening knows that we both screw up plenty. All right. As long as for the record. Hello, Matt and Andy. It's listener Erica. Uh, Lieutenant Erica Vanover. I think that's my title. Uh, I'm calling with a prime corrective for the most important segment you have, which is Frank Sinatra. Come on. Liza Minnelli, come on. Andy, Liza Minnelli, the song was written, New York, New York was written for what my, no, I can't say my friend, I don't know her, but I am a big fan of Liza Minnelli. It was written for her. I got to defend Liza Minnelli. It was written in 1975 for her by Kendra and Ebb, and I believe the movie was 77, and I think Frank sang it after the movie I agree 79-ish that's why I brought it up so I'm sorry Prime Corrective Liza did it first yep um, I blew it live long and prosper Look, Liza Minnelli Come Andy on. doesn't know from New York 
What a dick. <laughs> he doesn't know from New York. He doesn't know what the Yankees are playing after they win. They're playing Frank's version, which is dumb. They should be playing Lyle's version. Um, uh, you know, who would have thought that Frank's, Frank's one of his, I mean, arguably his, his most well-known signature song outside of my way, like, you know. Uh, is is Eliza Minnelli hit first? It's a cover? Who would have thought? Look, uh, Cindy Lauper. Girls just want to have fun. It's a cover. So it's like... Is it really? Yes. What is it a cover Am I of? melting your brain? The song Girls Just Want to Have Fun? I know the song. What is it a, who's it a cover of? Uh, uh, the guy who wrote it, whose name I can never remember. But oh. if you want to hear it, here it is. Takes on a very different meaning when the guy sings it. Uh, girls just want to have fun, everyone. Let's... It's uh, here it is. It is by Robert Hazard. Here we go. I can already tell you it's not as seemly with a guy singing it. No. Oh, I love it. You hear the record, the vinyl. <laughs> Big preamble. There you go. Uh, the first comment, the number one comment, is from Clive Preston, who said, "I played guitar on this. So glad someone has a copy." <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. All right. <laughs> um, with that, we're out of the hails. Hey, finally, the longest hail bag of all time. One hour without question. And Fourteen hands minutes, down. Minus five minutes when Andy couldn't hear, and I had to cut that out, but. Uh, everyone who doesn't like the hails, I'm sorry. Here's the show. <laughs> and that means it's time to talk about the episode by playing into the episode. Here it is. We crossed many doors to many places Your hails made us think of all your faces Sit comfortably in your humble abode Let's talk about this week's episode Oh, thank you, Nacho Nacho-heavy episode uh, It's uh, Schisms, production number 231 Aired the week of October 19th, 1992 Andy, what was happening? I'll tell you, Matt let me just scroll down. Uh, the <laughs> I'm not in control. number one song. I can't control the scrolling. I don't know. Why are you telling me to scroll In the U.S. Down? was uh, End of the Road Still by Boys to Men, unless you want to play the U.K. song. Don't which want we- to play it. What is it? This Is it finally Ebony's are good, finally gone? Uh, yes. What is it? <laughs> Sleeping, Sleeping Satellite by Tasmin Archer. What? Tasman? That sounds no like it's also going to be bad. Let's hear it. Okay. Seeping Satellite. Let's uh, see what the UK was up to. Yeah, see what we're... Now that we've gotten the explanation on Ebenezer Good. This is not... This is not even close to as bad as Ebenezer Good. Yeah. It's just a 
It is interesting because this easily could have been an American hit, and it's just a matter of where they were marketed and, and how successfully. Um, anyway, uh, the number one movie was still Under Siege. Uh, the number one book, The Stars Shine Down by Sidney Sheldon. The number one TV show that week was 60 Minutes. Crazy. Uh, deaths that week, singer Roger Miller, Cleavon Little from Blazing Saddles. And uh, some events where Gene Roddenberry's ashes were sent into space on the space shuttle Columbia. I assume you knew that. I did. I did not. Uh, so they can clone him to make another Star Trek informed by space when the aliens find him. Maybe they can, you know, maybe just they can recreate him completely from one atom. Uh, all right. Yeah. That is this day in Trek. It's time to find out what was going on with someone very important to all of us. Liza Minnelli's rival, Frank Sinatra. It's time for Frank Sinatra. Come on. Frank Sinatra, come on. It's time for that segment everybody hates. (laughs) Frank Sinatra, come on. You know, just reminded of, there's an Arrested Development joke about that. Uh, Oh, really? Liza Minnelli's in it, playing Lucille 2. Yeah. Uh... Uh, God, I gotta find. I gotta find. I, I wonder if I can. I wonder if I can find that joke. Oh, here it is. Uh, maybe. Hmm. I can do the Frank Sinatra come on while you're looking if you want. Or is that well, is that all in the same console? It'll all be heard by. Oh, at a facility that specialized in the treatment of vertigo. Ah, uh, uh, just a minute. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Let me go here. Mm. So, is there a, a girl in your life? <laughs> well, I would hardly call my mother a girl. But yeah, she's still very much part of my life. No, I, I mean, uh, someone who makes you hear music. Oh. <laughs> she mostly likes talk radio. I mean, a girl who makes you feel romantic and also who makes you hear beautiful music (laughs) (laughs) oh that's the tail end of it they start playing it in that Uh, in that scene scene, and then i believe she says something about frank sinatra version anyway (laughs) back to frank sinatra come on (laughs) should have played new york new york now Um, the next day would mark the release of a double album compilation of past recordings on Sinatra's reprise label. I had that. Uh, you did? Yes. Simply titled Sinatra. Uh, it consisted of 30 songs picked for inclusion in an incoming CBS miniseries on Frank's life. I had that, and then I had the box set version, which was called the Reprise Collection. Yeah. Was it good? Of course it was. Because it's Frank Sinatra, come on. You are all I long for, all I worship. It's fucking, it's like I'm being bathed in silk. That's that voice, man. (laughs) So for for you, Frank Sinatra over Dino. (laughs) It's not even a contest. Whoa. What are you talking about? Strong statement. It's not a strong statement. I think the world agrees. Dino's pretty charming. (laughs) Yeah, very charming. You didn't ask me about about their personalities you're asking me about you're just saying in terms voice. of vocal vocal ability yes i mean uh, i don't know i think uh, dino had some style how about frank sinatra versus tom jones 
I mean, that just gets a little tougher because, you know, Tom's such a powerful, powerful voice. <laughs> Look, I, you're not going to take any. I, I'm on your side. Frank Sinatra, come on. Let's go. <laughs> uh, all right. That does it for <laughs> Frank Sinatra, come on. It's time to talk about schisms, uh, which was written by some people. And uh, I'll tell you more about it in a second when I managed to get back to the fucking page I was on. Directed by Robert Weimer and teleplay by Brandon Braga with a story by Jean-Louise Mathias and Ron Wilkerson. And here it is. The crew is puzzled when various members report strange symptoms following a false alarm, quote-unquote, explosion in the cargo bay, thought to be the result of LaForge's attempt to rechannel warp energy into the deflectors to more efficiently map a extremely dense matter cluster. Riker reports extreme exhaustion. Worf and LaForge experience sharp pains and anxiety. Even Data has apparently dozed off for 90 minutes that he can't account for. No medical reason can be found, although it's soon realized that all involved the with a call to the cargo bay. After a particle stream from outside the universe is detected, signs point to an abduction by aliens when one or of the two crew members initially found to be missing returns and dies in agony. Troy leads the affected crew members in a recreation of what she finds to be a, the common description of what they... Oh my gosh. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> a whole other page. Uh, what they fear, an alien lab of some kind. Armed with a stimulant and a homing signal, Riker volunteers to track where the missing people are being taken. He awakes in the lab and finds an insect-like inhabitants that are battling to close a rupture between the universes. That the Enterprise crew is tracked and now opened on their own. Riker finally grabs the last missing crewmate, dashes back as the rupture closes, but the alien's exact origins is never discovered. Not even a passing mention of Ensign Rager getting taken. Yeah, it's true. So, from from Doctor Trek's description, does Ensign the, Rager even have a line in this? I was getting ready to yeah, count. Yes, she does. Her when when, when Riker tries to tell her how to fly the ship. Right. And then he gets afraid but of the But she console. has to be, it's definitely not up to five. Nope. And I'm wondering, I so they, a, that's got to be a co-star, though. I did a I personal, think her name is, I did a personal five count myself on the way. I think her name is in the credits, though. Well, I mean, I look, she does a lot. She has to get carried through a, through a portal. Lene Chapman. So there's a case of she didn't have the lines, but she was so present in the episode, they definitely played her as some kind of co-star. Yeah. But anyway, back to Riker. At the beginning of the episode is having these this this sleep situation and what Nemechek is taking away from this is that Riker's initial symptoms are just that he can't sleep he has not been taken yet oh that's true not until the cargo bay incident so oh wait I assumed it was implying no. that he had been taken before that no ready so why was he having trouble sleeping then Unknown. Unknown. That's the part that's really weird. That is weird. No medical reason can be found, although it's soon realized that all were involved with the call to the cargo bay. So everybody that's affected is involved with the call to the cargo bay. Which I think is an inaccurate representation of this episode. (laughs) Because yeah, because Beverly goes, wasn't. Beverly goes to the cargo bay. 
And Ensign Rager never went down to the cargo bay. Well, Ensign Rager's not involved in the uh, recreation scene because she's already she's been taken after the fact. Oh, so it's not implying. But what's what? So what this is telling us though is that the 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 rip in space to the other dimension or the other universe doesn't occur until the sensors are boosted by LaForge. Okay. Right. So right. Yes. Then this episode is entirely just about Riker not being able to sleep for the first twenty minutes. Maybe what's implied is that Riker is asleep the whole episode, and this is his dream. It would make more sense if that was the case. It's Andy's theory. Here we for go. You. Let's hop in. It schisms everybody. Get a long, long, long scene of uh, of Riker trying to sleep. Oh, look at that. He sees the clock. Lieutenant Shipley, let's get a... He is late. Andy, you can relate. Triangulation. His hair's not done. It's very funny to see him with disheveled hair. (laughs) On these sector points. Aye, sir. Walks in like the uh, Kramer of the Enterprise here. (laughs) (laughs) He's snippy. (sighs) Sorry, I'm late. (laughs) Overslept again. What have we got? Well, he really must quaff his hair for a long time if he can't get it together. <laughs> yeah, I also like. Uh, so I, yeah, I guess the part, the first part of the episode is that they, that Riker can't sleep for unknown reasons. That doesn't. It, it totally doesn't make any sense writing wise. We thought it's going to take three days just to map out one tenth of it. <laughs> also, the way Jordy, Jordy seems to have picked something up from uh, from from Scotty here. Because he's lying to Riker. No, because he lays it out like, you know, there's it's going to take forever. But (laughs) I figured something out. Three days. I think we found a way to speed that up a bit. We've been testing a way to channel warp energy directly to the main deflector grid. It should enhance the long-range sensors. The modification would increase our sensor efficiency and imaging resolution by 25% or more. That sounds like that'll use up a lot of warp energy. Well, we channel it through the EPS mains on Deck 4, near Cargo Bay 4. Okay, let's give it a try. Data, let's get those field taps online. Data really pauses for a second before... I would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon. I wouldn't miss it for the world. (laughs) He looks back. Like he, what is that I look? I can't wait to see what he's come up with. Do you really mean that? That look is. Do you want to use my office? There's a pillow. <laughs> he just doesn't say it. So this, uh, yeah, here's the cold open, and then we sit through 500 minutes of poetry by Data. Also, I don't know. I can't even. I, of course, I can't make heads or tails of any of this. I, of course, enjoyed the cat poem very much. Did you take it upon yourself to write an ode to Omar? Not yet, but I should, really. Oh, my God. They teed it up for you. I don't know why you didn't do that. I began to expound upon tidal effects when you asked me to stop, looking somewhat perplexed. So I did not explain why the sunset turns red. And we watched the occurrence in silence instead. Full bow. What do you think about uh, Brent Spiner being data bowing? It's hilarious. Everything in this scene is hilarious. 
<laughs> and not oh, not the way they're intending. Uh, it's more hilarious because I'm just like, this is this is the cold open. <laughs> I like how polite Picard is about uh, thinking it's over. An anapestic tetrameter for my ninth poem. Throughout the ages, from Keats to Giorgio, poets have composed odes to individuals who have had a profound effect upon their lives. In keeping with that tradition, I have written my next poem in honor of my cat. I call it Ode to Spot. Felis catus, is your taxonomic nomenclature an endothermic quadruped, carnivorous by nature? These are not cat visual, people. olfactory, Giant, and auditory uh, and senses Picard are really contribute to your together there. and natural defenses. I find myself intrigued by your subvocal oscillations, a singular development of cat communications that obviates your basic hedonistic <laughs> predilection for a rhythmic stroking of your fur to demonstrate affection. A tail is quite essential for your acrobatic talents. You would not be so agile if you lacked its counterbalance. And when not being utilized to aid in locomotion... <laughs> I like, uh, I like uh, Picard's uh, I see what you did there. It's, that's cute. <laughs> Omar's looking at me right now. He's very interested. However, the sentiment is appreciated. What? What, did, what, happened? what happened? Did I do something? I think you jumped. I don't know. Oh, I didn't. I didn't touch anything. However, the sentiment is appreciated. I will continue. Oh, Spot. The complex levels of behavior you display connote a fairly well-developed cognitive array. <laughs> and though you are not sentient, Spot, and do not comprehend, I nonetheless consider you a true and valued friend. And that's the cold open, everyone. Yeah. The, uh, I will say and the, uh, the Riker snore. snoring. When Riker, when it ended the cold open and Riker snoring, I laughed out loud. <laughs> I was, uh, because that you were just like, I can't believe they actually made that the cold open. Yeah. I was shocked. I was just like, Oh my God, this is, that's the opening. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It's, um, it seems like one of those episodes that's like going to be at all funny jokey episode yeah like if you just watch you're like if you're just watching the cold open like it's like it it's, a, it's gonna be there it's gonna be you know season six's version of uh cupid i wouldn't have had a problem with that if it was something oh, about if they had, having trouble sleeping. if they had yeah. stuck with it and gone to like and done it yeah but it takes this bizarre turn but not for a long time so here we go I have no problem getting to sleep, and then I think I'm sleeping all night. When I wake up, I feel exhausted. How long has this been going on? Two, three days. So for two, three days, and he like has this reaction to her holding the probe next to his face. So that that has to imply that writing-wise, they think that, that the is, abduction uh, has already happened. Yes, but then what they go on to say is that it's caused by Jordy's sensor array. It must have been already happening. Doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It doesn't. It really doesn't. Do you have to hold that thing that close? Sorry. 
I've been on edge all day. Well, other than some muscle tension in your neck, I don't see anything physically wrong with you. Have you been having bad dreams? Not that I can remember. This could be the result of lack of REM sleep. What do you recommend? REM sleep. Drink this before going to bed. What is it? A recipe for a warm milk toddy. <laughs> a hot milk toddy? You're Can you just send it you to my replicator? No, you need to take this pad. Making it a natural sedative. I think he has Besides, to go program it's a recipe it. of the captain's aunt Adele. Yeah, very it's rude of Beverly. Well, at this point, I'll try anything. And listen, if it still bothers you tomorrow, come and see me and I'll run further tests. Thanks. Literally, the only thing so far is Riker can't sleep. And we're uh, seven and a half minutes into the episode. Yeah, it's seven and a half minutes into a 44 minute episode. And we all we know is that Riker can't sleep. And they initiate the warp power transfer here. This is where they do it. Aye, sir. Verifying sensor calibration. EPS mains holding stable. Sensor array online. Come on, work. <laughs> Jordy. He really, he calls it his own. scanner output has increased by 26%. He calls it his what? Inform astrophysics that the new LaForge sensor array is online and awaiting major scientific discoveries. Yes, sir. Jordy. May I make a personal inquiry? It concerns my poetry reading. Sure, Data, what is it? I noticed that many spectators seemed distracted during my presentation. Was my poetry uninteresting? <clears throat> well, it was very well constructed. A virtual tribute to form. Thank you. And? Here's a theory. Yeah. Is Data a narcissist? <laughs> He's constantly doing presentations and everybody. all the conversations have to be about him and whether he's human well, or what he he's doing. Well, he strives to be human and he looks for approval in his attempt to be hum- hum- human. Okay. He's got a lot of performances and making a bunch of people come and see him, whether he, yeah, even though he doesn't he needs, know if he's good or not. Because he wants hard data on whether yeah. or not he's becoming more human. So he needs and to, why does he why does he want it? He wants it because for he himself. wants to be more human. Yeah, I know he's 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 occupying other people's time and attention uh, for his own his own needs. Mm-hmm. Because like data is, a, is, an, is has emotion and he doesn't know it. Yeah, and one of his emotions is narcissism. <laughs> I think narcissism is more of a personality trait than an emotion. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Arrogance. <laughs> Did it evoke an emotional response? Well, your hesitation suggests you were trying to protect my feelings. However, since I have none, I would prefer you to be honest. An artist's growth depends upon accurate feedback. Well, your, your poems were clever, Data, and, and your haiku was clever, and your sonnet was clever but did it evoke an emotional response Uh, to be honest no I don't think so Hmm. and I did not succeed in my efforts no it's not an awful lot of uh, page count to be doing this so long but again it's like you're you know we always ask for character development 
so I guess we're getting some here. Are we? I don't know. It, we already see. know this aspect of data. We know that. he's trying to be human. This isn't a more illuminating version of it. A lot, but if you want to touch people, don't concentrate so much on rhyme and meter. Think more about what you want to say instead of how you're saying it. You know how they they would find, you know, they would find fan scripts in the stack and yeah. then they'd pick the best ones. This feels like a fan script that was terrible and they somehow put it on the air. Uh, well, I mean, the teleplay credit is something. Uh, hang on, let's see. From Dr. Trek's book, Larry Nemechek's uh, Star Trek Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. This is the latest darkly macabre of Braga's outings. One of the high-concept, hard sci-fi stories sought early on schisms proved disappointing due to scaled-back ending less costly to shoot than the one that had been envisioned. A single insectoid claw around Riker's bed in an alien lab with only a few sparse bits of light and the ever-present clicking sounds to break up the darkness. Veteran TNG director Bob Weimer joined Braga and Pillar in their disappointment, saying... The alien scenes were too languid and should have had more cuts to aid it feeling off balance. There was a story consensus to do lighting control, smoke control, and limit with what one saw, but it is always harder to paint with light when you're on the crush of time. None of the three liked the look of the aliens. Pillar said they wouldn't be back despite the open-ended if they looked like monks, fish monks... I, uh, I felt they looked like monks, fish monks, and Braga said, and monks aren't terrifying. Still, the tale was a far <laughs> cry from the last TNG effort of the Matthias Wilkerson writing team, which was Imaginary Friend. Oh, Which my one was God. Imaginary Friend? That was the one where the little girl sees the other little girl. What the F? Why are these people on the show? Or are they just submitting from the outside? <laughs> and his rewrite, Braga was proud of the creepiness and atypical mysteriousness of the first three and a half acts. Well, Look, that's it, where the problem it, is, my friend. There's a showrunner above them making decisions, so I don't know if it can be you know, soundly put on them, but the, those two episodes are not good. <laughs> his use of the holodeck as an investigative tool, and especially Data's bad poetry, the bulk of a light teaser in direct contrast to the dark story to follow... He hoped the verse would reappear again. Uh, and on her fourth appearance, uh, Lene Chapman's Ensign Rager gets a first name, Sariel, while Trost's character, Shipley, would have uh, been promoted because she previously, she previously appeared as an Ensign in the transporter room. Uh, Aunt Adele is mentioned. Yes, we know. I'm just trying to figure out if there's any more stuff to tell us about this. Uh, well, how this wrong. happened? Nope. Okay. Just pleased with the previews for the episode. Um, the trailer uh, gave away everything. Well, that didn't matter. Well, I mean, the trailer gave away somehow more than the actual show had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Where's my? Uh, I can't find my mouse, Andy. Where's my mouse? <laughs> Oh shit! Here I am, Matt. <laughs> Hello, mouse. I think my mouse. Hi. I think my mouse died. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> Andy, I think I need you to. Uh... Well, hang on. Let me see here. Oh well, okay. Mm. I'll just do this. 
What's the power grid warning? I am reading a massive EPS explosion. Where? I am attempting to localize it. It is Cargo Bay 4. I've got three people in there. Damage control, medical team to Cargo Bay 4. Let's go. Alright, so that's the guy that ends up dying, right? No. For people that are, for people dying in in the cargo bay, these people are sure fucking sauntering on their their way to us. <laughs> well, you know, it's a cargo bay. Who cares? Seems like it's an emergency situation. It really Warf does. It should have been and a little more. Beverly running. are like do do do. Talk about languid. Yes, sir. Look at all these looky loos gathering around. Is there around. something wrong, sir? Yes, that should be on the top no shelf. Evidence of an EPS explosion. Uh, okay, so the sensor array goes online. Cargo Bay Four has that thing, and then Riker is still sleepless. Let's perform a level three diagnostic on the internal sensor network and make sure that we haven't overlooked anything aye sir and could we pick this up in the morning Jordy? get a fresh start you know there is no morning sir would you do me a favor stop by my quarters oh seven hundred hours i'm having trouble waking up sure commander Goodbye. you know for all the times Goodbye. Riker has chewed people out for being late well i mean that's because they those people also could have had a buddy system in place yeah and well, here he he's is. Already... And here he is doing it. He's like, "Well, he's... if I've been late, I'm gonna make a put a stop to this." He was already late once, Matt. I'm gonna institute Didn't... a buddy system. He was already late once. Um, this was another thing that made me laugh out loud. Not the milk, but the just the him <laughs> being amazed <laughs> that no time has passed. I'm like, that's another act out. <laughs> That's another end of your act? I, Is he still can't sleep? It's crazy, right? <laughs> Here we are. I mean, he's just put this, his head just hit the pillow. Who is it? It's LaForge. Uh, come in. Good morning. Morning, I just went to bed. Commander, it's 0700 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that music. I wish there was something more interesting that was happening. That editor really. Also, like, was here's the overtime. other thing, too, I'd like to say. If this alien race is sedative, is so powerful, uh-huh. he's getting rest. He's sleeping through this. Well, when you get anesthetic, doesn't it seem like time is not passed? But I guess you get the rest anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I will say this also. Mm-hmm. I'll say a couple of things. First of all, they end that act with him going, I just went to bed. Oh, my God. Like, it's a huge reveal. So it's like, that's absurd as an act out anyway. But okay. Riker is shocked that no time has passed. So this is going to be something about time. Then you go into the next act. And it's like that issue never happened other than he's still tired. And he starts talking about being tired again. As though the time, his, his loss of time never happened. It's really just terrible and um i'll i'll say this at this point i actually was still like there right, this is ridiculous that we're they're taking all this time but i was sort of um hooked 
because I thought what was going to happen was a plot about how like certain parts of the ship were experiencing are, time differently. Yeah, some kind of time difference or or shifts in time or he was jumping forward in time or stuff like that. And that would have been really interesting, I thought. <laughs> it was not. It was alien abduction. <laughs> no, and a lot of time spent with Mott. You already had the fucking data poetry scene here. Now you're going to go with the, the droning, really boarding, are, boring uh, guy? In the hair. I'd like to suggest that you start using a, a conditioning agent. <laughs> and then being scared of little objects. <laughs> I, I promise not too much off the top. Mott doesn't have a uh, one of those little things. Well, what little things? One of those little, you know, like Jordy Shaven kind of, uh, like a laser clipper or some kind. <laughs> you know, I think it's like today when you still get a straight razor shave and a nice barber and a warm towel. Uh-huh. It's just more. He likes more, to be old fashioned. It's Mott. More analog. Sure. Okay. Or power through this junction. That's another thing. So Warp's Somehow just walking have... out. No explanation. Talk about hiding the ball. I don't know how Riker had time to do his hair here. Trip the internal scanners. <laughs> and it showed up as an EPS Maybe Frakes had just had yes, enough. The they get it. Why. I've made modifications to the sensor before, but nothing like this has ever happened. Well, we can't waste our time chasing sensor ghosts. We should probably keep the whole array offline until you can get a closer look. Mm. Oh, excuse me. I know the feeling. The past few nights, it seems like as soon as my head hits the pillow, it's time to get up in the morning. I'm sure we could all use a little shore leave once this survey is completed. Definitely. Keep me posted? Yeah. Very, very ADR. I'm wondering if you could give me a hand. I need to run a structural integrity scan. Briggs is doing a good job of acting tired, I'll say that. What is it? (sighs) This is the second time today that my visor's just cut out like that. Are you all right, Jordy? I don't know. I just got a very weird feeling. Maybe I should go to sickbay. I will run the integrity scan. Thanks, Data. Uh, so now we're in another scene in sickbay with someone who's having issues, and Crusher does <laughs> her thing here going to have to sterilize the area but i need to run a resonance tissue scan to search for any signs of additional infection come over here what this tells me this his his awkward move across the you room know what's funny even with like, Beverly helping me is that i i feel like jordy is not would not be skilled at being visually impaired if it was not for his uh his visor well i mean is he's he, probably had a visor since he was very very young he's not used to not having it on is it ever established when he got it yeah i believe in some dialogue somewhere but don't remember but like as a child probably yeah, yeah. sure um, but uh i thought the whole time by the way the, the 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 tiny usage of patrick stewart in this episode i thought he directed it like i was sure he must have directed it why else would he not be in it this much that would be a bad sign for Patrick Stewart. Well, I look, I don't think anyone's performance is bad. The alien's performance is bad. I don't know. I buy those clicks. <laughs> Shuffling around the room in the least threatening way possible. 
They should have used the alien design from that alien that uh, befriends Riker and makes him. I was thinking yeah. they practically did. These aliens are the worst. No, those aliens are very tall. Those are, that was a small child size alien. No, I know. Well, I don't know what you're. Saying. No, I'm saying the face. Doesn't the face kind of look similar? Yeah, but I mean, they should have just gone for like fucking gray aliens, like slender gray aliens. If they're gonna go halfway into the yeah, if they're going into alien abduction land, land the and go into yeah. go full full. How's bore. the scan going, Dana? I've just started the scan. So something also, if you're gonna go in the direction of alien abduction in the 24th century, shouldn't you kind of touch base with like the way they always do whenever they're touching base with something from the from our time of like it's almost there was you know like alien abduction what do you mean alien abduction the aliens are you know people that we i know but in on earth in the 20th century you know people actually thought that they were whatever and then build on that mythology somehow that these were the same aliens or these are so it's just like all it is is a dumb alien abduction story in a universe where that's absurd and it's also in a in a in a way that makes it like clear that this has never happened before because these are two different universes that are right finally being able to be in touch with each other because of Jordy's sensor situation which doesn't make any sense for the Riker part of the story because he was sleepy but way before the sensor array went on he was having the same issue he was being going back to that yes frankly it's also it's interesting i don't know it's interesting that that the way you can lean into story and that i was kind of like you know the 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 truth is i was not really bothered by most of this episode i thought it was absurd and i was laughing at it but it was it was laughable in a way that was almost pleasant because it was so calm and like it was just people hanging out and a f- stupid plot moving from scene to scene. It wasn't boring because it was so silly. Um, so I kind of wasn't even bothered by the amount of time they were taking. And, and I was intrigued like, oh, what's Riker's sleeping thing going to be? Um, so if they just come up with a better payoff, then it would have been fine. Um. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I, I really... Like, did you find this irritating to watch? I found it to be slow. It definitely was slow. story-wise, I found it to be lacking. I think, and I think this is something I'm going to say in the next Enterprise we cover, I, I think because of all the Star Trek Discovery and recent um, stuff we've been watching, um that's so super high octane and you know you guys know me i love i love a pew pew as much as the next guy but it's all so packed in i've kind of just been enjoying the leisurely pace even if not that much is happening as long as there's some sure there's some kind of progression so yeah, I think that that's a, I think but that's a, that's the problem I have with the with the data thing is that it's like I don't have a problem with the poetry scene. I don't have a problem with them taking that time with Riker and his sleeping thing. What I do have a problem with is that there's nothing interesting inherently yeah, like, within it. You know, an episode like Data's Day, which was like delightfully, um, delightfully light on uh, sort of like the well, the B plot was actually pretty good in Data's Day, but we spent so much time with Data. Yeah, like exploring his day to day activity, that it was interesting. Yeah, 
and I don't know. If, 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 I, you know, I think I would have found it more interesting if we explored everybody's sleep routines through this episode or something. You know, <laughs> that really would have been a good episode. It would have been more have interesting no that. that way. Like, still do yeah. the alien abduction thing, but like, sort of like, what's what? What is it like for Data? You know, he yeah. never shuts down. And also, like, never why are down. the aliens taking him? He's like a fucking. Comp- he's to the to the aliens. Data should be no different than taking a pad or a tricorder. Maybe they, I mean, they're organic, so maybe they had some sense that he was something of note. It, I, I essentially agree with you. Well, maybe you're organic. <laughs> Thank you. Data, I've been there for a Finally, confirmation. Time. That is not possible. My internal chronometer indicates you've been gone for exactly one minute, 15 seconds. Well, I'm telling you, Data, I've been gone for over an hour. Computer, what is the time, please? The time is 1427 hours. You are correct. 90 minutes, 17 seconds have passed. Or if this whole episode was a fun way for them to all play practical jokes on data, where they make them (laughs) keep, they just keep resetting the computer clock to make data think he's fucking broken. (laughs) I would have loved it. It would have been great. Since you left the room. What have you been doing all this time? I have no memory of events during that period. When we have finished here, I will perform a self-diagnostic. You know, first we picked up a false EPS explosion, then my visor cuts out twice, and now you lose an hour all in this cargo bay. The Force Engineering, I want a diagnostic team to cargo bay four immediately. On our way, sir. Henson Rager, cartography needs a better position to study cluster FGC-13. Bring us about. Heading 123, Mark 4. Aye, sir. Helm won't lock to those coordinates, sir. First time navigating through a globular cluster incident. Being a real dick in this episode. You have to compensate for the gravimetric interference before. It's in Rager has new hairstyle. So does Riker. <laughs> That's Is true. There something wrong, sir? <laughs> this uh, innocuous object. Uh... No. Oh. No, I just have to go try to find plot. I'll see you later. <laughs> Uh, sensors are all functioning normally. Then they see a little hole in the uh, in the in the cargo bay. It appears to be composed of spatially inverted tetrion particles. We believe they are emanating from a tertiary subspace manifold. But I thought the tetrions were unstable in normal space. We don't understand it either, sir. Something from that deep in subspace shouldn't be able to exist in our universe. But there it is. Does it pose a danger to the ship? Not unless it spreads. If it does, we can beam the bulkhead into space and erect a force field in its place. Well, keep that option ready. In the meantime, proceed with the analysis. Nice, right, sir. Why don't we beam it out into space and then you the... can do an analysis? Okay. <laughs> Console. It triggered a response like I'd been trapped. I had to get out of there. Was it something about the console itself? No. I felt like I was disconnected, like it was something that I had dreamed. You're the third person who's come to me today with something like this. An intense emotional response provoked by an object. And I just can't handle it. I'm used to seeing one person a week. (laughs) (laughs) Did any of them know why they had had the response? There's some people who have an appointment set for me years from now. (laughs) You know, at this point, I'm not willing to say it's coincidence. Maybe we should all get together. 
while talking about it would help you understand your response. <sighs> this also would have been a good opportunity to have Deanna say... Deanna. Uh, sorry. Deanna say, I feel the similarity in your in your emotions to theirs. Oh, sure. If you knew how to consistently write a character, that would be, be a great <laughs> thing to do, Andy. Like actually use her powers to their benefit other than um, I have a, a thing that any therapist could say. So they go around describing it and then I, I do like the idea of like let's go to the holodeck and fucking figure this out. I like that too. Although I don't oh. like how it plays out where they're just designing a table for 20 minutes. Uh, also like I don't like how as soon as they decide to angle the table it's a completely crazy different table right. design and then when, when they make it metal it's suddenly an operating table yeah it's like <laughs> computer what are you doing <laughs> oh, i know what it is i'm just going to show the them this the is so irritating <laughs> like that's a literally 25% like that's that's the t- same table 25% shorter so far yes yeah. it was inclined Right. Computer, decrease the table's surface area by 20% and incline the top 15 degrees. You know what this is? Okay, but it's going to be have much bigger fucking base. <laughs> you know, and also have like a weird design of like ri- raised sides. You know what I think this is? You know what this reads as to me? They couldn't find um, enough tables? Yes, this yeah. reads as this is what was in props or it was shooting day and then they showed it to them and the director was just kind of like all right just put, fucking use those it's fine that's completely absurd but what are you gonna do no it wasn't made of wood like it should just go to it just they should just spray painted it silver like the next step yeah. should have been spray painting that wood silver yeah. to make it look metal Right, and then but they man, can go you can't from do there, that. Then but... they have to take out time to spray yes, paint the next smoother. one. You're right, because they can only get one of those inclined tables. Yeah. No one, no one on staff, no one in the prop department apparently could figure out how to s- angle a table by making one set of legs shorter than the other set of legs. <laughs> I tell you, here's another, here's another solution. There's two other solutions. One, have the dialogue be paced faster and just have them shoot out a lot more suggestions. Two do a time dissolve and then have them you know it's later and they figured out what it is yeah change positions they're they're all pacing around the table they're talking about it yeah it was dark yes it was dark this lady gets more lines than Anson Rieger computer lower the surrounding light level there was a light right in my face a bright light computer Give me a bright light right above the table. Specify light source. I couldn't tell. It, it, it was above me. It's like, we'll get, subsi- we'll get specific with the holodeck when we feel like getting specific with it. <laughs> right. Like, they uh, say, what, make what the, am I supposed to guess? Make the I already table, put a footrest on the metal thing. Yeah, make the table metal. All of a sudden, it's got an aperture. It's got a footrest. It's got a whole, it's a whole rigmarole. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of lamp? What style of light? Daylight? <laughs> Computer, create a restraining arm attached to the right side of the. The only thing I'm like, the only thing I'm happy about is like when we do actually see it, the table isn't exactly like they had made it. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like at least when we actually see the table that Riker is on, it's not perfectly exactly the table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have just, that would have driven me so crazy. Those are attached to the armature. 
handle is wrong. So it was not slow. Computer, make the handle a single piece grip. 10 centimeters long, solid metal. Now make one blade longer. Curved inward. The other blade. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. What I, what I wrote in my notes after the scene was, the villain is a table. <laughs> it must be. It's more accurate, I think. So that's what I love is that this, the fucking big scene, the fucking the, the centerpiece of this episode is they go into the holotech and design a table. <laughs> so crazy. Today, that being said, was... I'm still like, it's so silly that I'm like, I'll watch this. Fine. Sure. The result of a bacterial infection. But now I'm finding the same thing in all three. They all have elevated levels of serotonin. It's concentrated in the hippocampus, which suggests that they've been exposed to a neurosedative. And that's not all. I have detected minute tetrian particle traces in their subdermal tissues. Tetrions? Like the emissions in the cargo bay. You're not going to believe this, but I just lost 23 hours. <laughs> I have completed my self-diagnostic and have confirmed that I was not aboard the Enterprise for 90 minutes, 17 seconds yesterday afternoon. Are you sure? Whenever I am on the ship, the warp field leaves an electromagnetic signal on my internal servo fluid system. Between the period of 1254 to 1426 hours, that signature is missing. Computer, are there any members of the crew of the Enterprise missing? There are two crew members unaccounted for. Identify them. And 900 civilians. You didn't ask, but... <laughs> Lieutenant Edward Hagler and Ensign Serial Rager. When did they leave? They have not been present since 2332 hours. Oh. How did they leave? 11.32 p.m. Method of departure unknown. Picard Bridge. Bridge here, Captain. Ray Shields. And I want a level 4 security alert. I need to know if anyone comes on or off this ship. Aye, sir. Mr. Forge, Mr. Data. I feel like we'd normally tell you about that anyway, sir. If we find the source of those Tetrion missions, <laughs> we'll find the missing crew members. We're on it, sir. Dr. Crusher. This is fucked up. Check it out. <laughs> My God. What is it? It looks as though your arm has been severed and then reattached. What? skeletal structure in your radius and ulna is offset by 0.02 microns. Your arm has been amputated and surgically reattached. Probably when I broke my arm when I was playing Ambo Jitsu with my dad. You know, he never let me win. <laughs> I don't want to go into this, but... Uh... Yeah, can I make some eggs for you guys? <laughs> Any progress with the analysis, Lieutenant? It would not take this episode down, I'll tell you that much. By the way, Serial is an amazing name. I would have had, by the way, I would have been like, I don't know, just dialogue-wise, I would have been like, Will, have, uh, have you broken your arm? And then he could say no, and then whatever. Uh, whatever. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like false stakes, I guess. Like the 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 the, the deeper we get into it, the, the 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 stakes seem to decrease the deeper we get into the episode. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, the act, the act, the previous act break. The first, the first 
uh, cold open is is uh, Riker's asleep. The yeah. second act break is <laughs> Riker still doesn't know why he's sleeping. Yeah. And the third act break is there's a panel that's glowing. <laughs> no, I think the third act break is actually Jordy's also tired. <laughs> it's well, like, that, like it's it's not even that good. I can't. I don't have a mouse, so I can't. I'm pretty sure I marked it. I think it was it was the they were they were impressed with the glowing. They didn't know what it was. Gotcha. Okay, but uh, I could be wrong. The signals from the modifications I made to the sensor array, some of them did pretty deep into subspace. You know, it's a LaForge array, and Maybe they it's pretty cool. Attention. At the rate the rupture is expanding, we will soon be in danger of hull breach. Maybe we should try surrounding with the subspace containment field. Other than the Tetrion emissions in Cargo Bay 4, our internal sensors haven't recorded anything unusual in the past three days. Initiate a metallurgical... But I've been sleepy for six. Analysis of the ship's hull. Subspace field incursions may have left a trace. Captain, sensors indicate Lieutenant Hagler has returned to the Enterprise. He is in his quarters. Deck 9, Section 17. His hair is mussy. It's also, like, weird that they don't, like, send a security team to be with Riker... 100%. In his room, you know, it's sort of like it's sort of like here's the big linchpin. Okay, Riker, you go to sleep, but take this with you. Uh, and then like Picard sits in his chair and looks out into space. Yeah. Uh, anyone know what we're doing next after this is done? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they thought maybe it would scare away the aliens. Turning into a liquid polymer. Poor Hagler. We've set up a containment field in Cargo Bay 4, but the rupture just keeps expanding. I'd say we've got another five to six hours before it breaches the hull. Can we still beam the affected sections out into space? No, sir. The spatial rupture is creating severe nucleonic interference. It is impossible to obtain a positive lock on the bulkheads. Why not just put a pattern enhancer out there? That's all I'm saying. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, All right. So then they decide that they... Hang on. They just processed that why you needed your mouse. Do you want me to skip ahead to something? Uh, I mean, anything. I don't even... I can't really control anything other than hitting the buttons. (laughs) Okay. So, I know, but... I'm going to be not as practiced at this. Is there anything you think is next? Uh, I just feel like, uh, you know, let's hear the plan. I'm fine right here. You could construct a homing device. Something that our sensors could track. Oh, good, by the way, Worf yeah. says something. I know. And it's a good idea. I know, and it's a well-thought-out idea. And then there's a caveat, but then they find a way around it. <laughs> I did. Right. There's no way to get that device to the source. Yes, there is. Give it to me. They love me. They've taken me for the last few <laughs> nights, and if I'm right, same thing will happen tonight. I think it's my well, baby If you blues. had a homing device, we could track it to your location in subspace. Then as soon as they send you back to the ship, we could transmit the Graviton Pulse and neutralize the Tetrion emissions. If they send him back, Ensign Rager still hasn't been returned. They're going to take me whether I want to go or not. I know it. So I'll just go to my room. I'll well, see you guys later. Wait as long as possible for you to be returned. <laughs> Riker, it when almost sounds like you want to be taken. The ship, then we would have to transmit that Graviton Pulse. Understood. Perhaps there's a way that we could give you an advantage... Way of keeping you conscious after they've taken you. Doctor, 
Can you develop some counter-agent to the neuro-sedative that they have been giving the crew? I could give you a neuro-stimulant, but the dosage would have to be rather high to counteract the effects. It could be risky. I'm willing to take that risk. Okay, it's called it's cocaine. <laughs> I'm going to take some too, just to make sure it's okay. <laughs> uh, so he gets strapped with the homing device on his arm that's already been broken, and then he lays, he lays down in bed just like, take me, I have a phaser. <laughs> and he just waits. So this was, he just this was an aspect of like... A, they they wouldn't make something that was hidden inside his body like it seems no, like it's no. so it obvious be, that the has aliens to be much bigger. It's so crazy. Why would they? T- the aliens would just take it off him, and well, he's I lucky mean, that they, it was still near him. They never take the com badge. I would have just built it into the com badge. Oh yeah, good point. I love this line. Captain Commander Riker has been taken from the Enterprise. <laughs> okay, so we'll just wait. We'll just wait it out. We'll just wait it out. That's all we can do so, now. We just have to wait it out. Do anything interesting this week? Uh, and then we end up with a scene that lasts a good four or five minutes with no dialogue, meaning like all the stuff of Riker in the alien lab, I guess it's called. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I, and I think that they admitted this in the in the in the things that they were they were writing about the lightings, like too brightly lit. The aliens aren't scary. They're shuffling. They, the aliens are so stupid looking to me. And uh, I mean, even beyond the the monk robes, I think the faces are stupid. I think the way that they were directed to shuffle around is moronic. Um, <laughs> the clicking, the clicking is a little bit uh, clicking's um, creepy. Creepy, yeah. Except that. Um, but uh, yeah, just the it's whole a very weird sequence. episode. It's an anomaly of an episode. Yeah, here they come, shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. He pretends to be sleeping for some reason. <laughs> well, so that they, I don't know. I don't know why he he's so sure they're not going to cut also, off his arm way, again. I don't know how these things could hold everything. They don't have opposable thumbs. <laughs> they I don't they have know an how, opposable claw. I don't know how they're manufacturing items. <laughs> like, let's pretend I that... I don't know why he doesn't think they're going to cut his head off or do something. That little scanner, let's just dep- yeah. pretend that that little scanner has, uh, has a button on it. How would he even hit that button? I guess he'd have to bring his other claw up to hit the button on his little scanner. Maybe it works by squeeze. Oh, I see. <laughs> Various claw degrees squeeze. of squeeze. <laughs> we squeeze things differently. Oh, they did take it off him, by the way. They took off the thing. We must destroy them. They don't squeeze touch. 16.2 keV. Stand by to initiate the graviton pulse. Graviton emitter is at full power, sir. Standing by. Mr. Data, how much time? At the present rate, containment failure will occur in approximately... I remember watching this going... You're shitting me. They put a ticking clock on it, and you're telling me I have nine more minutes of this? And I was like, oh, thank God. When he's like, it just turned to three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they shot him saying that line in five different ways in case they had to cut it down? Yeah. Yeah. Can't afford to wait any longer. You get the graviton pulse. So they just, like, so nothing really happens here. Yeah. Their plan just works. And frankly, they really fucking put Riker and Rager and da- Rager in danger there. Like they just they were they're basically prepared to 
close it up and and uh, you know before they even get them back and leave them in weird deep subspace land yeah are they gonna be experimented on forever but i love the rescue i love him like just grabbing her and running and jumping through a portal impression i want to channel all of the graviton energy into a single burst see if they can handle that ready commander let's call it the laforge graviton beam (laughs) all right knock it off (laughs) jordy The rift is cool. So they're all like, man, I wish we had more fingers. We could be dealing with this graviton button better. Like, you know. <laughs> I can't squeeze it hard enough. Yeah, but you no. squeeze. Bill, squeeze. Squeeze, Bill. <laughs> you too, Phil. Okay, Jill, squeeze. Let's all squeeze differently. <laughs> My hood isn't shiny enough. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Look at how stupid looking they are. <laughs> They look like the fly. They look like the fleet, the Mick Fleetwood alien that beamed aboard with all the raw fish. Remember, in season one. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, they recharge the emitters. They hit him again, and then uh, Riker does a jump through. After he grabs Riker. Rupture is eighty-six percent closed. We're almost there. One more. Wait, did one of those aliens faint? <laughs> oh, he got shot with a phaser. I'm sorry, I forgot about that part. Oh, look at it. I didn't even notice. Look at Rager. She's got like tubes in her arm. Yeah. Seems like Data should have said, I have Riker and Rager then also. He doesn't need to. They're they're closing it. They don't. Whatever. And then we got a captain's log. Captain's log. Stardate 46191.2. The Tetrion emissions in Cargo Bay 4 have ceased and there have been no further indications of alien intrusions. All Enterprise crew members are safe and accounted for. But we are still left with some unanswered questions. Based on the information gathered from Commander... Um, this is the summation. Here we go. Riker's tricorder. We have determined that the molecular structure of the alien life forms is solanogen-based. We think that's why they couldn't come through into our space as easily as they could take us into theirs. They needed to learn how to remodulate their cellular energy states in order to survive in our universe. The tricorder readings indicate they created a small pocket of our universe in their laboratory to keep those they abducted alive. Like putting a fish in a bucket of water. They look like fish, you know. I saw them. (laughs) Mugfish. What can we do to prevent this from happening again? Looks like they found us initially by discovering my modified sensor signal. We should warn all Starfleet ships not to make that same mistake. Have we any idea what Matt proves that's not true? Let's not make the LaForge sensor array. (laughs) It, it seems like it started when Riker was having trouble sleeping. So what we should make sure is that Riker never has trouble sleeping again. Or that we don't come to the our whatever cluster we're in. Came through the rupture before we were able to shut it down. No, sir. We were unable to track it once it left the cargo bay. Maybe it was a probe of some kind. Possibly they were simply curious. Explorers like ourselves. Ensign Rager and I were lucky to have escaped. Lieutenant Hagler's dead. Whoever it was sent that thing was more than simply curious. But, you know, more pressing matters, so let's go. <laughs> there it is. Um, it's also very, uh, you know, the, the Voyager episode, Scientific me- Method. This is basically exactly the same episode, except that was an awesome episode in this one's. Although I know people have problems with that episode. I love it. 
Um, and this one is the dumbest version there could possibly be of that episode. Uh, well, let me see if I can activate our sounds with no mouse. See what I can do here. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the MVC. Is this a Scotty or is this a Scotty? What? I said, is this a Scotty or is this a Scotty? I was giving you props. Oh, (laughs) the fact that I managed to do it with keys. Thank you. Thank you. Get over there! Oh, we will. Uh, Uh, MVC. uh, Riker. I mean, he risks his life. Uh, Doesn't Jordy figure out a lot of stuff, though? No, but Riker risks his life. He has no sleep. And he carries a human being. <laughs> what about Beverly? Beverly, you know... Uh, Riker has she no fig- sleep. She figured out the clues. She realized what was going on. Riker, in a cocaine-fueled binge, <laughs> saves the con officer, Ensign Rager, <laughs> and shoots one of those aliens with his phaser and jumps yeah. through a portal. I mean, uh, right. come on. <laughs> okay. You it's like action? Somebody. That's some action right there. All right. It's Riker. Agreed. Way to go, Riker. You did it. Uh, <laughs> we haven't heard this thing in a while. This is the wrong Did one. you come here for something in particular or just general Riker bashing? No Riker bashing this week, Commander. You're number one. <laughs> what do you mean? It was the right sound. That's what I wanted. I'm oh, sorry. I that thought you were playing bit. a version. There's a version. I apologize. I questioned <sighs> your bit. Andy. I thought you were trying to play a version of the Andes. No, Andy. If All I wanted right, to play the I'm Andes, sorry. you'd hear the Andes or a different wrong sound. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk, but the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andes does this episode get? This is a complicated one. Yeah. What do you say, Matt? I, I think it's like a weirdly like a Three and a half, I'd give it three and a half. That's funny, yeah. It's not like, it's like as bad as last week's episode, or the, sorry, two weeks ago's episode, and it's also like not so awful it's unwatchable. It's just like, I just don't know what the fuck is happening. The hail at the beginning is sort of in, an interesting point about how we rate things and, and where they fall, and because it's, it's like, Man of the People was just unpleasant to watch because of how... Deanna Troy as a character is treated not the uh, abuse towards the character but how she's treated you know just the character is not given its due and so it's just so frustrating to watch the whole time that it takes it down and an already I think a poor episode becomes worse in the rating yeah and it's also like the backdrop is what a plot that we've seen a thousand times a, a, right. a negotiation between two warring factions that happens to involve the enterprise like we've seen right. that you're not even your twist on it is awful not to mention the mind assault is something we've seen already several times so so there's all that uh, with this one i guess they haven't done alien abduction before so it's unique it's definitely poorly poorly structured and written and has was just completely wacky act breaks where nothing is moving forward and it's just about that being said at the beginning i was like oh, i wonder what's going to happen with the sleepy stuff nothing good it happens once we find out it's the aliens the aliens are silly and that entertains me i mean i'm giving it a four yeah it's bizarre it's bizarrely <laughs> it was it's bizarrely it was, bad and almost watchable that's what i would yeah it's sort of like i was it was sort of not that unpleasant to watch even though it wasn't that great an episode it was yeah. a terrible episode i'd say uh all right so now we're gonna go ahead and play the trailer for next week and i'm gonna see if i can do this 
with just yeah. a keyboard. Andy, I'm going to count us in when you pull that trailer up. For what? Uh, sorry, what's next? True Q. True Q. It's a great one. I like True Q quite a bit. Uh, uh, going to be season six, episode six. Ready whenever you are. All right. Let's hit play in three, two, one, play. When human feelings collide with alien powers, dangerous choices must be made. If this child does not learn how to control her power, she may accidentally destroy herself. Or all of you. I know I can resist. Will her extraordinary gift go out of control? Do you love me? More than anything. Or will a greater power stop her dead in her tracks? Does she live or does she die? On Star Trek, the next generation. I'm intrigued. Very, That's Olivia Dabo, isn't it? Uh, it is Olivia Dabo, yes. It's uh, a very weird uh, tone for that trailer. That's interesting. It's very ominous. Is None that of these not trailers, what the episode the way, is? None of these trailers match anything that ever happens. Do you think that the trailers are written by people who have watched it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Or do they just cut together stuff? <laughs> you know what? I bet that was like that job like fell to the promo department for Paramount. Yeah. And they were just like, I don't know, okay, well, we'll just pump it up with this. Well, people like to watch that. Let's watch, let's do that. Uh, yeah. Okay. So true cue next week. Uh, and uh, if you're in the, uh, Patreon in the uh, president's circle, your Voyager episode will be coming out. Uh, boy, within three days, everyone exciting times here on the podcast and hopefully exciting times uh, in your ears uh, that being said I hope I can get some sleep tonight I've been having a lot of trouble Matt what is it? Uh, I, just, I just don't know <laughs> three days I just <laughs> oh, God, just oh Andy can you do me a favor God. just wake me up when it's time to record tomorrow you got it buddy All right, Matt wake up what? what are you, what are you talking about <laughs> Andy I just, we time just to record. I didn't even hit pause on the last podcast what are you talking about? Dun, dun, dun. All right, Andy, you know what? Now that we've given uh, Andy's out, it's time to go say thank you to some of the great patrons we have in the Patreon. It's the President's Circle shout-outs for July, which means we got to go to the President's Circle. To the President's Circle. DJ in full effect. We've got a nice fire crackle in here with the ocean waves. Before I forget, uh, I finally looked up the other writer of the uh, the uh, the third Enterprise parody song, or actually, it was really the second. Yeah, uh, was Susan Hill, and she was the sole composer of it, or lyricist rather. And, um, and I think Phoebe Phillips did the producing and harmonizing. Uh, well, there you go. Credit where credit is due. Speaking of credit where credit is due, everybody, remember when I said I would love it if someone would cut together Andy pretending to be Scotty with the audiobook? Well, the long national nightmare is over. I've done it myself. Uh, you would play this at the end. I'm going to. I'm letting them know. Oh, yeah, I see. Oh, you're giving them a heads up. 
God, do you not know how to keep people tuned in? What are you going to do, write a cold open where the uh, end of it is a poem about a cat? Come on, Andy. You, you know, you can come at me that way, but prior to this, you have given them a treat without them knowing the treat was coming so that you were rewarding the people that went through it without even knowing a reward was coming. So uh, so precedent has yeah. been set, and it is in my favor. But that wasn't planned. <laughs> this was planned. I worked on it this morning. This is, just, this is just whatever your whim is. Welcome to the show. I'm the captain. <laughs> this is the worst. I gotta get off this ship. It's my whim or the highway. I'm gonna talk to Picard about you. Uh, might as well. But anyway, I've thought about this, and I this sent me down a rabbit hole, Andy, where I just was listening to uh, various audiobooks, and I have a lot of fun plans uh, coming up for uh, things I'm gonna cut together with audiobooks read by various members of the cast. I'm excited. Uh, but that being said, it's time to say a big old thank you to our patrons uh, in the president's circle. Uh, you know what? This is a little. I feel like this. 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 This is the holiday DJ. I'm. I'm glad he's here, and I'm glad he's doing stuff. But I, this is a little, a little snoozy to me. I don't. I don't even hear it. So. Oh, well, look. I'm just. I'm just gonna have. Uh, should I play Ebenezer Good the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really crazy time in the president circle tonight. Oh, I don't Are even. People doing ecstasy fall. Synthexty. Oh, you know what I should Synthesty? do is just That's I had this. Synthesty. Got I had a it. really weird playlist going the other night. And, oh yeah, I was gonna let's just kick it up with some Alanis Morissette. Sure. Can you hear that? Uh, that one I can hear. Yeah. Oh great. Uh, weirdly, I just want everyone to know that her videos, for some reason, have been remastered in 4K on YouTube, and I was down a weird rabbit hole the other night. So, a little bit of the 90s, late 90s here. This might be too distracting, too. I don't even know how to do this anymore, Andy. So, were they not shot in... Were they, were they shot in film? How yeah. Did trans- yeah, they were okay. shot on film. Good for you, Alanis Morissette. Uh, Keep it in analog. <laughs> Well, I think it was smart, you know. You always want to shoot on film because you're going to give yourself the best quality for future uprezzing. Way to go, Alanis Morissette. You know what? I think it's actually more... It feels more like we're going to actually... I'm going to... I'm going to... I mean, it's change, changing it, guys. Changing it. We're going back yeah. to Frank. We're going back to Frank. This, this feels better. I think the hollow DJ is very confused. Oh, but come on. All right. Big old thank you to the following people. Anthony Deacon. Thank you. Amber Schmidt. Chris Dybel. Anders Peterson. Christopher Fenegi. Lieutenant Adrian Big Clark. Uh, Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Lieutenant Duncan Delp. Uh, Jet Jurgens. Derek Atkinson. Melody, the one in Australia. Sean Russell. Jeff Edders. Michael Parsons. Jess, who is attracted to Andy. I really put myself in reading that one. Uh, Grace Ellen Mixner. Uh, Baron Von Poo. (laughs) You can take it. All right. Charlie, thank you. Dr. Boner Wizard. (laughs) Matthew... Tome, uh, Daniel Harris, thank you, Laura, Larry, Santiago, Thomas McGown, Jack Diamond, John Wedge, Todd Harmon, Garrett, Avalar, Sean, and Sem or Kem, Ascendal, Jacob Paul, Josh Moore, uh, Lieutenant Benjamin Garcia, Jesse Elliott, Frazier. Thank you to Michael Murphy. Uh, <laughs> atypical spelling on Murphy, or maybe it's the right spelling. What do I know? Lieutenant Katie Croft. Stephen Bu- Buchan? 
Buchanan. Uh, oh, I would have gotten Buchanan as well, but it, I believe it's Buchanan. Yeah, who knows? Let us know. Put it in the uh, phonetic spelling. Heather Knight. What a great name. Just Jason Burtis. Joan Severine. I'm sure I'm off on that. Lieutenant Sam Lawson. Chris Huniverse. Is that a pun? Huniverse, maybe? Huniverse. Yeah, I assume so. Peter Goodwin. Nick Gonzalez. Matt Snyder. Jordan Kilby. Thank you to Tony Lambaste. Uh, Scott Farley, Jason Tur- Tully, David, no relation to Kip, Corbett, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Ian Buckley, Lieutenant CR, Lieutenant Jeremy, Matt and Andy's best friend, Ben Widell. <laughs> you know what? I'll accept it, Ben. Uh, Andre, oh, here he is, spelling. Andre Bayou. Thank you, Andre. <laughs> you really hit the U on that in a very interesting <laughs> way. <laughs> I guess I did it a little bit wrong. Here's Andre. Bayou. That's there really you go. Uh, Heath Korshigan. Uh Nick Capatella. Oh, man, I'm off today. Nick Capatillo. Or am I just on par today? Uh, Emily Snecker. John Versteeg. Pronounced like the first A. Versteeg. 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 There you Sorry, go. John. I should have read that first. Uh, Gregory Darian. Steve Duncan. All right. And a big old thank you to Finn Upham, Daniel Heron, Adam Ware, Kevin Johnstone, Roberta Cat, Skylar Jungit, Captain Hot Pants, Lieutenant Sean Moore, and the Cham Chamberlain, uh, Kevin Cortecas, Cortecas, Sean Daly, Kyle Robertson, M.W., Andy Benton, Heather, J. Clark, J.C. Shaggy, Seamus O'Toole, Darmok on the Ocean, Paul Neal, Patrick Reese, Titus James, Laura Furson, XO Jeff H ja- uh, Jonah Brulette David K Jonathan Feller Peter Ballard Nick Lenchner Philip Kutlis Frank the Cat and Power to the Meeple and that's it just kidding several pages left to go buckle up folks Lieutenant Christopher Friend David Veenstra Scott Goicke, Jeremy Dudley, Lieutenant Brian Pierce, thank you to John King over there in the corner, thank you to Paul Rabinowitz, Wabash Kozak, Jason, uh, Lieutenant Tom Bondurant, uh, Kelly Sweeney, Eric Rumfelt, Lieutenant Joey G, Yee? Uh, Michael Rossi, David Pinson, with an upside down E. How do you say the upside down E? I don't know. I think like, I think, I think like you just did. Um, you know, because with a long line over it, it's E. It's an E, right? Yeah. yeah I think it's an E. Uh, Stephanie Dyerson, Derek Knighton, Jonathan Bruno, Kate Brooks, Lieutenant Carrick Jones, Lieutenant J.R. Johnson, Lieutenant Luke Morgan Rowe, Lieutenant Parker Davidson, Zach McCullough. Uh, thank you to Tanner Wilson. Thank you to Noah Sudret. Thank you to Braden Catanelli. Uh, Lieutenant John Zates. Lieutenant... Brett LeBlonde, Sean Lyons, Brian Harkins, and Andrew Woomer. And a big old thank you to Caroline McNamara, James McLaughlin, Samuel Burtis of Praises Child. <laughs> Christopher the Imperfect Mate Bateman, that's great. Doug Anderson, Hayden, Edward O'Hare, Cam Yuraki, Nate Hudson, Sandal Tremel, Jillian Little, Philly G, Rose Harless, Adam and JP, Brendan Teske, Veronica Wisely, Kevin Polly, Ben Sautel, Stephanie Simmons, Kenny Meehan, uh, I wonder if you're related to Marty Meehan. He was a state rep from Massachusetts in Lowell. Uh, Matt Fader. Like, Matt? 
<laughs> Marty Meehan, actually, is how he's... <laughs> I'm Marty Meehan. Uh, please vote for me. Uh, where was I? Matt Fader. Uh, thank you. Jacob Reichard. Theodore Zetazalo. Uh, Hiss. David Joseph Moody. Humpus Theander. Trevor Kozdrowski. Uh, Sam Pass, James Manor, uh, Manero, Chris Yates, Brett Parsons, and Christopher Mitz. Thank you. I gotta tell you, a lot of those names are ready-made character names. Lieutenant Jeremy Miller, thank you to Paul, Magnus, Calabro, uh, Adam Sullen, Daniel Fashing, Debbie Lemon, uh, any relation to Liz? Uh, Mark Isari, um, Dylan Ekmelian. Patrick, Lieutenant Matthew Dunn, Lieutenant Steve Haas, Lieutenant Bob Blair, Lieutenant Catherine Gaitner, uh, Ryan Hansen, Andrew, the last Andrew, Wyman. Not anymore. It's not in alphabetical order. (laughs) It's true. Rebecca Shavida, Renhart, Michael Collins, Brian Deemer, (gasps) Matthew. Michael Collins, command module pilot for Apollo 11. Thanks, Mike Collins. We mentioned you you earlier. space stuff, so he's listening to our show. Matthew M. Columbus, Nelson Helwig, Janella Robbins, Lieutenant Amy Pointer, Lieutenant Joe Lenzen, Lieutenant Sante Mastriana, Lieutenant Kevin 32, Jeff Caramaza, Amy Gibbs, Chuck Credo, Laura Palma Blanford, Laura Palma Blanford. Who killed Laura Palma Blanford? <laughs> we'll find um, out in season 20. <laughs> Anthony Wardinger, Philip. Uh, and a big old thank you to uh, Teddy Jordan, James Tuttle, Section 31, President Agent Wheeler. Ooh, <laughs> I can't oh. confirm or deny that. You're in Section 31. <laughs> who knows? Juan Morales. Is he wearing a black uh, comb badge? <laughs> Probably let him know who he is and what he's doing. Alex Edson, Michael Shade, Chad N. Yarborough, Brian Stromitz, Matthew Cutler, Jiminy Jillikers, Fletty Bumpf. John Brieg, Danny Tucker, Cedron Law, Ed Mundy, Ed Sh- uh, Champoline, uh, Colorado. Wow. El Champoline, Colorado. That's what I meant to say. Neil Studd, Scott Burnett, Mickey, Melton, Elizabeth Brandt, Winston Stauffer, Leon Kassab, Dan Hornberger, Adam Dodge, Van Phelan, Van Phelan, I get it, uh, Richard Craig, <laughs> Cody Wappenkamp. Uh, Pat E., thank you. Grant McGuire, Daniel Permit, Captain Slug, Jonathan Anderson, Lieutenant Captain Slug. (laughs) (laughs) You can't elevate yourself on this ship if I can't. Uh, He's all done. Uh, Lieutenant Lee Chapman, (laughs) Lieutenant Todd Meyer, Lieutenant Richard Jackson, Lieutenant Nick G., Jason Keisler, Jay, Molly Murphy-White, Amanda Murphy, Will Davis, Lucas Bishop, Beth Clark, Lieutenant Tyson Klein, Lieutenant Julio, Scott Landles, Greg Lada. Thank you to Great and Terrible Lizak. Uh, thank you to Lisa Simpson. Um, a lot of hilarious adventures you went on. Oh, never mind. You get it. Lieutenant Colin McKeon. Lieutenant Jeffrey Barker. Lieutenant Vanilla Thunder. Lieutenant Roberto. Gwethelyn Williams. Matthew Dillon. Matt Dillon. Um, I think I'm making the most obvious joke about each of these people's names. <laughs> Jerome Hemmersbach, assistant to the regional president, Ray Ching Peng. Uh, John G., Lucas Swain, Lieutenant Chris, Lieutenant Asher Mercer. That's a character name if I ever heard one. Jay from ScienceDiv.com, the triple people. Lieutenant Sarah, 
Friedman, Chad Wavel Jimenez Dex. And a big thank you to Lorraine Denman, Malolo, Rob, Michelle Fairbanks, David Howe, Philip Gerst, Richard Phillips, Lauren Gleason, the Donkey of Prey, Dan Stoke, James Carrier, uh, Jay, Jerry Canavan, Andrew McClure, JJ Carter, Thomas Tish Wheeler, Raymond, Jonathan Misner, uh, Denise Kupferschmidt, Lady Charlie Whitmore, Tara Hunter, CPO, Ernesto the Chief, Castania, Judge 439, Nick G, William Foglegs, Commodore 6D4, <laughs> Andy Puckett, Trenton Hoyt, Darren Gleeton, Edward Andres Acevedo, and Mark Rednius. Rednius, sorry, there we go. Andy, who's next? Uh, I'll tell you who's next. We want to send our thanks deep and appreciated appreciated oh jesus christ what is happening just quit i don't know lance daniel would say it's the end of a long day but it's the end of every same day he's in quarantine lieutenant daniel lance daniel hepper steve thomas stephen white kieran 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 o'sullivan ryan hecht jerry brown kathleen guzman joel greenbow lieutenant kellen adamson lieutenant anthony trepicione trepicione Rutger Hauer, love your work. Still Lieutenant Zach Clark, Lieutenant Tim Shields, Lieutenant Mandy Fitzgerald, uh, Lieutenant Andrew Polkrang, Marie Capasso, John Lynn, Kavard on Facebook and Instagram, The Dude Never Bowls, Soy El Presidente, no you're not, Lieutenant Zach Crum, uh, Erica Vanever, Vanever, you've told me a million times, Lieutenant, a werewolf in a Chinese menu in his hand, a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand, <laughs> Lieutenant Joe Moore, uh, Tim Collins, Thomas Nettleton, Glenn Wakeley, Brian Rewinkle, Frederick Rombouts, uh, Daryl the Animal Noy, Kately M., Lieutenant Catherine. And a big thank you to Jeff the Human and Maximus the Dog, Wesley crushing that ass, Nick, Dan Billing, Alexander Cruz, Jonathan Sourshell, Jennifer Leader, Judith Haynes, Cody Stanley, Stephen Cotter, Kip Cobert, Corbett, uh, Jack Cavici, Jeffrey Child, Rob Baptiste, Matthew L. Went, Robert Denton, Dim, Catherine Novacek, John Turin, Alex D. Gleason, Joyce Hudson, Carmen DeHoog, Eric B., Stephen McVeigh, Aaron, A double A R O N, that's Aaron, William Temin, Adrian Carter, Marcus Errol Erlinson, Barry Wallace, Galactic President Andrew Reeves, not really the president, uh, Kendra Song, and Rob Sabin, thank you. So did you you switched it this time from first name from last name to first name? Is that what happened? No, I think because the prior Corbett I think was trying to make a joke off of the other Corbett. Well, look, I can reorder it in alphabetical order. We can start over. Okay, very good. We're going right back to the top, guys. <laughs> no, we're not. I just put it. I, I put it in the order in which Patreon gave it to me, and I did not shift the uh, column. Very good. Lieutenant Matt Schaefer, thank you. Lieutenant Jeff Millies, thank you. Lieutenant President Preston Foster. Risa uh, Risa Kotchuk, uh, Simon Harper, Linda Dilbeck, Ryan Solo, Daniel Stenrud, Trek Barnes, Full Trucker Effect Matt Wipert, Doug Mai, Chris DQ, but fancy. Um, Marcello Vida, The Tonester, Joe Sullivan, Jeff Jenkins, Peter Schoen, Miriam Centeno, Heather Nelson, Lieutenant CD, Lieutenant Seth J. Boudreau, Boudreau. Seth J. Boudreau, 
Jesse Tushinsky, Aaron M., Joe Moran, a.k.a. Muscles Ripley, Lieutenant Mike, Mr. Bundy, Lieutenant Brandon Kellinger. Thank you to Nathan Harvey, Alex Carrico, Andrew Michael Barber the first. Thank you to Joel Cude. Thank you to Jason Brown. And a big old thanks to Chuck Day, Tackle New, Cashmere Woods, Darren Deshaun, Gary Martinez, Jesse Glaspie, CC Sadler, Tim Siebel, uh, Stephen Herman, or Stefan. Kyle Thompson, Gareth Case, Jesse Hendricks, Derek Hawkins, Alex Borsier, Claire Powells, Eric Mon, Rob Trevino, no, not the bees, Christopher P. Gill, Kristen Scalisi, Goddess of Carbs, Adam Holtz, Amanda Bootwell, Adam Rogers, Mike Dawson, Dan McLeod, Matt Tween, Keith Bodela, Doc Pate, Kim Vilsack, Katie Campbell, Fred Coppersmith, Ryan, not a doctor, Doom, Catface. And we also want to send our thanks out to Emily Eldred, Ross McLeod, watch Blade Runner, a movie starring Hubert Arutia. Uh, <laughs> I think, I Rucker Howard, correct. I think Rucker yes. Howard yes. supposed to come Rucker after Howard would have absolutely you, been nice. You, you foiled him. Uh, Lieutenant Brandon Davis, uh, Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk, Jillian, Jillian Randalls, Brett Jarrett, Sean, Robert Olson, the Kembles, Andrew Witzel, Lieutenant Commander Mike Mann, Derek Westover, Lizzie D, Anthony Rideout, um, Richard Davis, Will Holsclaw, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, Tyler Rosewood, Lieutenant Joe Fermanek, Jason Sinclair, Hootenwaddle, Lisa Gomez, thank you to Stevie Rain, Stevie, Marie, Nickel, thank you to Lana, thank you to Lieutenant Alan L, and then there's Scouter Echo of the 5th Kitchener Beavers Colony. Lieutenant Mark Mitchell, thank you to Stephen Harcourt, Katie Whitestone, Paul Sharp, Lieutenant Catherine Shimmons. And thank you to Christopher Colbert, Dan Kostelik, Andrew Ingram, Chad Fate, Jason Werend, Daniel Perez, Matt Brick, Kevin Brown, Ben Roach, William Smith, Mike Webster, Thomas Peering, Shriekenar, Brian Adams, Paul Carley, Kelly Coe, Elizabeth Simpson, Claudia, Brian Hellman, Karen Vanoff, Chief Technical Officer Troy Ray, Mike Jones, Rachel Dylan Snyder, Brett Euler, Amy Giles, Stephen Price, Stephen Small, Julie Phillips, Sandra M., Mike Gaylord, Ron LeBlanc, and Tom Kelsall. Thank you. And we're on the last page. We're in the home stretch, guys. Get ready to lower the shield or raise the shield, whatever you do in the home stretch. Lieutenant James Breaker, Lieutenant Laura McCarricker, Frederick Roy, Jonathan Wentz, Michael, sorry, Martin Hedegaard Peterson, Lieutenant Jan Leppert. Lieutenant Commander Cosmo Moore, Lieutenant Lisa, Lieutenant Carolyn Land, Whiskey Ben 77, Chris Nedgewitz, Lieutenant Captain Crandall, uh, Lieutenant Linnea, uh, pronounced Win. Oh, Win, I see. Lieutenant, li- pr- uh, Lieutenant Linnea Win. Uh, Lieutenant, I'm sorry, I thought that was, I didn't know if that was he really. He really brought us into his brain there. <laughs> I, I thought the win, I connected win to Linnea, and sure. I was like, what do you mean it's pronounced win? It's an L. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Linnea win. Uh, Lieutenant J.D. Cohen. Um, Michael McDonald. Sorry, Brian McDonald. Lieutenant Chris Love. <laughs> you know what? Michael McDonald, too. Let's throw a shout out to him. Uh, Lieutenant Tim Cullen, Tony King, Scott Lieberman, Alexander Perry, Diane M. Martin, Robin Larson, Katya Willishin, Kelly Newman, Command Master Chief, Robert Garrison, and Lieutenant Nicholas 
Payne. Thank you all so much. There's so many names to read every month. And you know what? Quite frankly, you deserve it, guys. Uh, so much support. So many Andy, I'm 100%, I'm 100% impressed with you yeah. for skipping over the name that told us to skip over them yeah. and remembering that. I was, I was blown away that you did that because I I saw it and I was like why did he skip that name and then my brain clicked in and I was like oh they wanted us to skip their name it's amazing that he did that oh interesting I was I was thinking that every time the name comes up you uh, you kind of tense up because you're uh, you're, you're, you sense editing ahead. No, I just <laughs> that's, say, that's Andy, the reason I remember. Hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Like I just want to be. I'm just saying to the president. I'm very impressed yeah. by Andy's memory of that. Uh, okay, so Frank, thank you for singing us through this. And uh, thank you, Frankie. All right, everybody. So here's what I did. I, I went into the audio book that was sent to us earlier in the show, and I took the uh, performance that Andy gave us as Scotty, and I decided to that it would be funny to hear Andy doing Scotty to James Doohan while James Doohan was pretending to be Counselor Troy. <laughs> So it's the deleted scene that uh, we read through earlier, but this time it's narrated by James Doohan himself. And in addition to that, we also get uh, some sound effects that were added by me. And uh, I would call it a tour de force performance. I'm not sure if Andy can get a Grammy for a podcast, but it might happen here. <laughs> and uh, let me just pull it in and uh, Pod, here, what here we go, everybody. This is it. This is the year. Patreon. Guys, how do you how do you beat this as a bonus track, guys? If you listened through all the way through, here's your here's your amazing bonus, and uh, let's just uh, let's just hear what that sounds like. And with that, the man stormed out of engineering. As Jordy watched him go, he decided he could have handled the incident a whole lot better. I like that little ad from him about the scene that we want. I wonder if James Doohan just added that himself. (laughs) Not so long ago, Scott's quarters had seemed so spacious, he didn't know what to do with them. Now, as he paced from one bulkhead to the other and back again, they felt too small. In the way. Used to be engineers had a little respect for each other. Used to matter if a man... What do you want? Which one's James Doohan? As the door slid aside... It revealed one of the loveliest brunettes he had ever seen. Is this a bad time? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, no. Captain Montgomery Scott at your service. What can you, I do for you? You she left my uhs in. And grasped it firmly. <laughs> Didn't take out my performance. Hang on, hang on, Andy. Actually, <laughs> they're, they're listening to this. You're ruining it for them. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's your... It's your and it's your also, I thought that the uh that was, was written was was your part of your performance because you it was the most beautiful brunette you'd ever seen <laughs> possibly all right i'll just let's uh, see if we can get back to that point everyone and see see well you know what fine let's see if Make everyone your own else judgment let's let's go here yeah, here we go is this a bad time uh oh uh no <laughs> captain montgomery scott at your service what can i do for you she took his hand and grasped it firmly diana troy ship's counselor And actually, I'm here to see if there's anything I can do for you. Scott didn't quite know what to make of that. But his visitor was much too pretty to dismiss out of hand. (laughs) He offered her a seat, then took one himself. Why, thank you, lass. But I'm set for now. The quarters are more than adequate. The replicator is a wonder. Scott smiled at her. 
She smiled back. But he still didn't know why she was here. And maybe, he mused, he didn't care. I'm glad you're comfortable, Captain, but I was actually more interested in how you feel. How I feel? Yes. It would be perfectly normal to feel disoriented, confused, or even frightened following the kind of experience you've just had. Scott still didn't get it. I suppose it's been a little bewildering, yes. I'm sure you have a lot of questions about what's happened <laughs> over the last 75 years. If you wish, I can show you how to access some of our historical records. Maybe help you discover what happened to your family and your friends. Scott recoiled at the suggestion. I'm not ready for that just yet. It's a hard thing to realize that everyone you once drama? knew is probably... His voice trailed off as he suddenly realized what tone this conversation was taking. He regarded Troy with suspicion. Pardon me for asking, but what exactly is a ship's counselor? I'm here to watch over the emotional well-being of our crew. And, of course, that of our guests as well. Scott felt his eyes narrowing. And you're an officer? Yes. They started assigning counselors to starships about 40 years ago, when they realized that the pressures of extended space travel... You're a psychologist. Troy seemed a bit taken aback. Among other things, yes. As I said, I'm here to make sure... The Ford sent you here, didn't he? I may be old, but I'm not crazy. You misunderstand, Captain Scott. Geordie didn't send me, and I know you're not crazy. Scott got to his feet, annoyed at the whole affair. What had started out as something pleasant was turning into just another form of humiliation. You're damned right I'm not, and I don't need a ship's counselor or a psychologist or whatever else you are. I know what I need, and it's not here. And scene. <laughs> nailed it. I nailed it. If I had, if I had been performing that in the, on set, I would have gone through the doors, and I would have done, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> just waiting, just waiting to hear the director yell cut. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, man. I left it all on the carpeted floors that time. Moving on. That's what they would say. And Andy would be like, yes. That's uh, it. Got it at one. <laughs> oh, I really hope um, everybody you know enjoyed that. I'm going to throw that up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you your clean, crafted version of it, Matt, uh, in the lieutenant's level. I'm going to give them. I'm going to post that for them. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah, swing by the Patreon if you really need a copy of that. I'm I'm planning on doing some different things with that uh, particular th- uh, book. Uh, I'm really very interested in hearing what it might sound like if I just replaced all of Data's lines with James Dewan reading Data's lines, etc. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to have a good time, and I hope you all uh, stay tuned and uh, enjoy it in the future. Uh, but otherwise, big ol' thanks to everybody. And uh, if you stuck around this long, you did it. Andy. Matt. I feel good about it. I do, too. I, I, hope, our, I hope our president's... <laughs> it's your masterwork. I hope our president's circle... You can only circles, go down here from an app from here. <laughs> I hope our president circle members appreciate the bonus uh, action there. All right, everyone. Let's get out of here. Yes. 
Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.